Moto One Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Riding, the motorcycle podcast that brings you two-wheel topics from around the globe. Tonight's show is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, go to www.patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out more. Now, to our regularly scheduled show, show, to remind you that this is an episode of creative writing and like every past episode of creative writing every future episode of creative writing there are going to be opinions and alleged actions performed on this show that are alleged let's just put it that way and the opinions in no way reflect that of creative writing or moto one podcast network for for that matter and they are only the opinions of the fools and the alleged writers who make them so with that sit back pop a hot one because i know it's getting cold fill your eardrums with sweet sweet sounds of creative writing motorcycle pocket Hey, cheeseheads. What up? <laughs> what up? Welcome back to another episode of Creative Writing. Do you know what episode this is? Oh, my God. Let me see here. 196. Mm, you need to eat that mic a little bit better, too. 196. Yeah. Wow. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, for real? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. What? I don't get a sound effect? You do. Where's you my round do, of applause? God want me to do that it? big loud sound effect? Hey, Jay, <laughs> guess what? I feel so unappreciated. Guess what episode it is. Hard to guess that. One, Just guess it. 196. Woo! Yes. There we go. I feel validated. <laughs> okay, good. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not giving you more than that. That's uh, <laughs> You earned that, though. Yeah, it's episode 196. Last week was the no episode. Um, I apologize. Dude, it was 40 minutes of like struggle. Oh, you didn't, you didn't record? No, I did. And then I went back and re uh, after the weekend. If you listened to episode 195 last week, go back and re-listen to it and see if like after 14 or 15 minutes you notice something different. Okay. A, you'll notice that the file isn't as long. <laughs> and B, you'll notice uh, a little bit of different. I, I kind of truncated it. Uh, dude, it, last week... Um, we had a family member pass away, and uh, yeah, it was not good news. So, um, R.I.P. R.I.P. And uh, so, yeah, it was. I was in here trying to like be funny, and it was just not happening. Oh, I yeah. was like, dude, that's hard. And then I had to blow off Nokomoto because I thought we were going to be out of town for uh, for the next day after it happened. And uh, turns out 
Yeah, that's so good. I didn't even hear that move. Before you would, it would sound like a, yeah. a trunk full of elephants falling down a flight of stairs <laughs> uh, onto a skeleton in am a tin I, can. Am, am I good? Is my volume good? You are good. Okay. And uh, you're, you're not good. Your volume's good. Yeah. You're, no, I'm terrible. You're mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're I'm good. A, I'm alive. You're, you're, <laughs> no, you're I would alive. say good. I would say I'm alive. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm bare minimum right now. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm white knuckling every freaking day. Yeah, and I want to hear about it because that's just when you're on the pot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where's my applause for that one, Jay? All right, thank you. Thank you. I'm on double pot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Smoking the pot. Yeah, we're going to get a Jay uh, crash healing update as we've been doing for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Plus, we're going to do some more top five stuff this week. Um, I did want to wrap up some of the stuff that has happened and uh, it's been two weeks since we actually had something go on. So last week the show got canceled because you were prepping. I had somebody pass away, and Wiggins, I don't even know what he was doing. He was getting ready for this last weekend that just <laughs> yeah. happened now. Mm-hmm. But you went to something last week that we're going to talk about after we uh, do our current events, and so did I. And I'm excited to talk about it because you know we need we need a screen because I feel like we're not on the same page. Yeah. I miss the screen. We need you something. do miss the screen. And that screen was so pathetically small, I'd have to have you sitting in your lap. So <laughs> what I'll do- We need high tech. Come on, patrons. We need, uh, to, yeah. we need the patron bump. Well, we need to get a holographic screen. Yeah. That would now be that, awesome. Now that Chris, Mike, you're actually on the slacker mic. Chris uh, <laughs> Chris Geis paid for that baby. Oh, thank you, Chris. But Shout he, out. he sent, he's sent started his own- podcast and realize that these things take money they don't make money <laughs> oh yeah and so money pit yeah i i thank him for his contributions um i think i don't think anyone's ever going to catch up to him <laughs> i, I want to shout out to chris because i mean he's been consistently putting out episodes really good stuff and dedicated and it's really hard to do consistency with podcasts i don't like i'm not a producer or anything but i listen to a lot of podcasts and some of them are terribly produced <laughs> What are you so, saying about what are you saying about this one? No comment. I take the fifth. I'm not talking about this one. <laughs> okay. Necessarily. I was gonna ask tonight was gonna be the what's your top five podcast, but then I decided maybe I shouldn't ask. <laughs> I knew a question yeah, like this would we be. We might have to check our emotions at the door for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have no emotions, so I'm fine. But yeah, he does put out some good stuff. He's also got a really good uh production voice and I can tell you as a person who tries to put one out weekly even when like last week there's really nothing to talk about because I nobody's here and, and I'm not in the mood to talk it's hard mm-hmm. uh, content creation is one of the hardest things um, to do especially I want to I want to say it now spooky spokes slash Dios de los Modos if you listened last week you'll know that uh, we pushed the due to um, a funeral, an upcoming funeral due to last week's, somebody had to, somebody had to, uh, biff it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody had to wake up on the wrong side of the dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, are pushing spooky spokes by a week. And so it's going to fall actually the day after Halloween, um, or all Hallows that, Eve. That's due, due day so it's Dios de los Muertos. Muertos. Yeah. So, so it goes, so it goes from the 31st to the second, I believe. So yeah, we're fine. And Dios de los Muertos to me is such a gr- beautiful, um, celebration. It celebrates, um, ancestors and stuff like that. So, so I guess, uh, uh, if you're in Japan and you like do the Shinto sort of stuff, you know what I'm talking about? So we could celebrate some ancestors this, uh, and those that have passed. And I'm actually, I've been, uh, researching stuff for about the last three weeks for spooky spokes and slash Dio, Dia de los Modos. And, um, 
I've got some stuff. What's scaring me is that it's like two weeks away. And we haven't got, yeah, today is the, what, 19th? Like this happens every year. You did that I do. last year. La- yeah. like, you guys, come and, on. And all of a sudden, like, five of them came in. So I was like, all right. It's just that people are people are, like, busy. And then they're like, oh, man, I need to, I do it too. With my kids, with uh, school, with work, like, you just you have a deadline coming up, and you oh crap! This needs. I'm not going to pay this bill three weeks early. Why would I do that? I'm going to pay this bill three like weeks late. three weeks late, <laughs> or the day it's due. And so I'm going to go online and hustle hours before the the online thing shuts mm-hmm. off and pay it, so that it, the date shows that I paid it this day. So having said that, um, I I know we're going to get some coming in, and I've got my own spooky spoke. Jay, do you have a spooky spoke? Ah, uh, what are you accepting? All forms of contributions. All forms. You can do artwork, and I'll put it as the cover art for that episode. But I, but have you ever done anything spooky? Are you? I don't get, think. Have I ever done you, anything do you, spooky? Do you not get spooked? I you, mean, getting hit by a car is pretty spooky. <laughs> that <laughs> I was, guess. Listen, being near death is. Pretty I was gonna spooky. say, <laughs> yeah. Wiggins, the year before last, he said that was the spookiest thing that ever happened to him. He powered through an intersection mm. and just got missed by a car mm. and the dude behind him got wiped out and whoa you know so he's like dude i could have been the dead one yeah by like in- oh no that inches. was literally my weekly experience when i was commuting in uh-huh. for like five years yeah my my <laughs> so I have plenty uh, of spooky stories yeah. regarding that my spooky stories this year also don't well maybe they will but they are going to have another aspect besides uh I'm going to try and add on to just the, hey, a crazy ghost was on the back of my bike, you know. I've been riding around every almost every day this week. Nice. Well, the last two weeks, to be honest, at nighttime, mm-hmm. trying to ride by cemeteries to see if I can get some hottie on the back. Mm-hmm. She'll, she'll be dead and ghastly. Elvira? She'll, You're she'll looking be, for Elvira? Right. She probably won't be that hot, actually, decomposed. But I've been trying to get ghost babes on the back of my bike or dudes. I don't care. It's 2019. I can do what I want <laughs> on my motorcycle. But uh, I have been kind of taking like a different approach for uh, the stories this year. So, I mean, you know, you don't have to die for it to be spooky, right? Otherwise, how are you telling, no, how are you submitting that's why a story? Your death experiences yeah. are good stories. If you're dead, you don't make a very good storyteller anymore. <laughs> So yeah, if you've got um, some spooky spokes, if you want to, hey, if you want to use this as part of your therapy, part of the, uh, what is it when you, um, God, I used to be a counselor. I should know this. When you uh, working through my PTSD, you're working my through your PTSD. But right, first you need to like claim it, and then you need to name it, right? And okay. Then, and then so yeah, if you want to talk about like this. Uh, to me, almost getting ran over, well, getting ran over would be pretty damn spooky. Oh, yeah. I'm working through some serious, I was kind of joking about the PTSD, but also very dead, well, dead ass serious. I mean, that I'm. Can I say that you and I have had some conversations and you want me to edit that out? I'll edit no, that no, out. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, like, I guess this will be pre-spooky sp- spoke stories. Like, um, no, I've been having nightmares. Uh, I bet. Before Babes Ride Out, I had, I haven't had nightmares for years and I had several back-to-back nightmares regarding riding on a motorcycle and then just being smashed. Yeah. And because my body has all of the, like, you know, muscle memory and like you store memories in your body just physically. Yeah. Um, like beyond, outside of your mental capacity. Right. And, <clears throat> You know, so I'll wake up just my body's tense and I'll be hurting like in the area that I got hit. Yeah. You know, and it's crazy because in the dreams I'm riding and then just complete loss of control. Oh, but man. it's like slow-mo. It's like, you know how like in the Matrix, how they like slow it 
down and they show it from all the different angles. It's like that. And then it's one of those situations where it's almost like lucid because I'm aware I'm like outside of myself and I know that I'm dreaming and I can't wake myself up. And it was terrifying. And before Babes Ride Out, I had a dream that I was riding with my uh, with Ashley because her best friend came out and she was going to ride two up on the back of my bike. That was our plan. And I had a dream that we got hit. Yeah. And I woke up and I told Ashley, I was like, I don't feel good, man. Like, that's really scared the pants off of me. And I'm not easily scared. Like, yeah. I'm pretty, pretty fearless, almost in a a borderline reckless way with right. some of the things I've done on the bike and just like being like crazy. Like yeah. I'll just, you know, I shouldn't even, uh, <laughs> um, I'm not going to incriminate myself, but someone who may have a busted ankle and leg might not be cleared to be riding a motorcycle and they probably shouldn't be riding a motorcycle, but so that John, person may be doing it. Right. <laughs> so John Hickford out there in Maine. We know you. We know you shouldn't be riding. Get off it, bro. Yeah, dude. Like, you, why? <laughs> what? But, Your doctor said no. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, so yeah. it was just well, um, back-to-back nightmares. Like, yeah. before babes ride out. And, like, uh, it was just kind of crazy because Ashley was excited, but I was not. <laughs> just yeah. because I was mentally just struggling with that fear. And I, yeah. I've never felt fear on the motorcycle until... I woke up with those nightmares. It's always pre. Like when yeah. I'm on the bike, I don't feel fear. That fear goes away instantly. But it being home and stuck at home with my injury, that's when sometimes that mental stuff starts to build up. And like if anyone's been injured, maybe they can relate to that. Like especially I've met people. I've met several people who have been in accidents and they're like, I hung it up. They're like, I was like yeah. a grown man who was like twice my size, like looked like a giant telling me, like somebody who looked tough, like, you know, you walk into a bar and you want to want to pick a fight with him. And he was telling me that he was like, I had that close call and I never rode again. And I was like, dang, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that has to be, that's got to scare you to the core if you never ride again. Yeah. If you play D&D and you know what constitution is, that guy rolled a low uh, constitution <laughs> dice. Well, uh, that's the thing. I'm just like. Yeah, Pussy. no, it, it doesn't. It, yeah, size doesn't really matter. The yeah. the bigger you are, the harder you fall, and then the harder. Right. But you know what? Something you said. I'm gonna uh, stick a pin in that because I want to hear what what happened if you sure. did if you did ride up two up. We'll find yes. that out after uh, our events. Yep, yep. But you're touched on something so crazy is that your body is literally just a bunch of electrical. Um, synapses happening. It's like it's like basically one chemical electrical. Um, uh, kind of a supercomputer, I guess. And it's all connect. It's like a network, obviously your nerves and neural systems and network. So that is crazy that you're, you do have memories and you're, you're it's almost like your leg is remembering mm-hmm. because you're not actually getting hit in the leg, but you're waking up and it's having and pain. You know what the brain is a crazy so bad. thing. I've broken this leg twice yeah. and I've broken my left leg once and then I broke my arm. So I have multiple body parts that have that memory. <laughs> And having this specific leg broken twice makes the dreams even worse because it's like really, really, really. Do you know that you, that cartoon from like, I think it was the early, it was either the late 1800s or the early, um, Teens where the little skeletons are dancing around like that. So that's what your bones do, and totally. I think it. They climb out of your mouth yep. and they like jump yep. around, and then they go back in. Well, and you're like, oh, crazy. why am I sore? And this is a great topic for like spooky spokes Halloween type stuff. Is like with um, having the this last accident. I've never had a cast. I've ha- broken multiple bones, but I've never had an actual cast. I always had X fix, so I had like external hardware, and that was 
way better because I discovered that I have some underlying psychological things that I didn't know about until this accident. And one of those happened to be an anxiety disorder. Really? And so, That's crazy to find that out through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish uh, I would have found out before injury. then because I would have been prepared to, to deal with it. And I was not prepared mentally to deal with the anxiety that came with it. But having the X fix mentally was not as bad for me because I could see my foot. Yeah. I could, like, it was immobilized. Like, literally, when I broke this leg, I had, um, the impact was, like, from my, the mid-thigh down. So, I have a dent, like, if I, if you looked at my leg, I actually have a dent in my thigh because I was borderline. Did you break, break your femur? No, I was okay. borderline, though. They told me that I was literally just milli meters however they measure it from breaking so my did femur. it fracture through but it didn't actually no, break it did all the way through was it caused um like permanent muscle damage oh, so weird. that's why i have a, a dent in my thigh because it permanently destroyed the muscle in that location so it never recovered so i have a dent right there and then it bent my knee backwards and so i um tore my pcl and um, I had several lacerations down my leg, and then I fractured my tibia, fibia in two places, and then broke my ankle. So, so this last hit that you took was minor compared to that one. Yeah, yeah. But it, but the experience of this last one has been worse. This yeah. by far. This was. This is what I always tell Ashley. I was like, this last accident compared to the previous ones was literally like, if you just looked at it from the outside and you didn't know me, was really pretty cut and dry, but. Dealing with it and all of the experiences I've had, it's by far been the absolute worst. Yeah. I've been through hell with it. But the thing is, like I was saying, when I was immobilized, my entire leg from my thigh all the way down was and like I had these long, um, like rods, rods, yeah, yeah. yeah, and they were like drilled into my bone, right? But you could see it. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. It's funny <laughs> because when I woke up in the hospital. And I saw the hardware, you know, I'm like so pumped up on drugs. I'm like, what? What the heck is going on? Like, you know, I have no memory of the accident. And I just have a brief flash of being in the ER. The doctor asking me for some reason, like I could answer the question. Do you want us to, we're going to do surgery on you. Is that okay? I'm just like, yeah, sure. Do whatever you want. Like, I don't even know what's <laughs> happening right now. And then waking up with all of my shit fucked up. Yeah. But um, when he came in to check on me the very first time, I was like, I never experienced it. This was my first accident. So I'm just like, okay, what? what is this? Like, what is this? I look like freaking like a Terminator yeah. situation going on here. And he's like, oh, this is an external fixator. It keeps everything so that your legs don't, your leg doesn't move and your bones heal. And he picks up, he grabs the rod and he starts lifting it up and down <laughs> like I'm Pinocchio. And so he's like, yeah, you can just do this. See, it's fine. Like it's immobile. He's like, this is how you walk. <laughs> you just pull it back and then you pull it forward. I was just like, Jesus Christ, like I'm not a freaking rag doll. You can't yeah. just pick me up and shake me around. But it was really funny that experience because he yeah. just like, I was like, no, no, it's fine. And it was like, you know, flopping my leg around. That would also be funny if he's like, you're all, what's all this stuff like next to me? And there's like a bunch of magazines. He's like, oh, I signed you up for some magazine subscriptions. Uh, you signed off on a subprime mortgage. And, uh, I'm all like, why? This isn't my leg. The, this yeah. leg is like a foot longer than the one I had you before. Signed, you signed for, up for uh, a replacement cadaver leg and all we had was this it's basketball. like a Frankenstein yeah. leg. Like a LeBron James leg. Yeah. He's all, dude, you don't need a kickstand anymore. You can ride whatever bike you want. You just like stick that leg down there. Oh, uh, that would be kind of great actually. Yeah. It'd be like total rat finger. 
I would Dude, love that. Get on a dirt bike and never need a kick. Just put your foot down. <laughs> dirt bikes are tall, even like the two. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that would be great for me. It'd be perfect. But just to t- wrap up the story of what I was trying to get at. So this recent accident, um, the in the middle accident, I also had an X fix, and then this last one, I had a cast. And so psychologically, wait, you said your arm too. The did the you- arm was just um, in a sling. Okay, they okay. just used the splint, so that was so fine. still not, not no. But yeah, enclosed, like there's a right. seven inch plate. You can see the scar that runs all the way directly. Right all here. I see is a huge the gun show. <laughs> She's like, hey, look at the <laughs> no. I got a I got a seven inch plate in there, but um, so, so this last one was a cast. And like I said, I've never had a cast before. So even the sling wasn't enclosed. I mean, at least yeah, you could right. like, it was see just your like your a arm. splint. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't, like, it was just kind of wrapped, like kind of like, you know, when you sprain your ankle or whatever. And they just kept it so that it was close to my body and I didn't move it and it was fine, but no cast on the arm. Um, but this last accident with that cast, suddenly I experience this feeling which I did some research and it's called cast claustrophobia and I think I mentioned it before where um it's it's essentially the anxiety disorder of claustrophobia but it's related to the cast so what happened was and this is what made it so crazy is it came out of nowhere because I had been a week and I was looking at my phone just scrolling through Instagram and then out of nowhere I experienced a panic attack. Like I wasn't thinking about it or anything. Suddenly just this absolute terror came over my body. Like I had goosebumps all over my, the back of my neck and my arms. And I told Ashley, I was like, I need to get outside. Like, so she took me outside and I was like, I, that's symptomatic right there. You need to be, you need to be even out of the, an enclosed room. Yeah. Yes. And so like it was, um, yeah, it was just really talking about scary. It was really scary because, I, I felt like I didn't have control. I felt like um, like I was just trapped. And I felt like a tra- literally, you know how like that saying something like an animal will like not gnaw its leg off yeah. or something in a yeah. trap? That's how I felt. And reading about this um, cl- cast claustrophobia, some people have even had it so bad where if they don't go to a hospital or get someone to help them regulate their anxiety, they will take like tools and they will literally remove the cast themselves. Yeah. And I was on the right. I was on the verge of that. I Probably was hurting in, themselves if yeah, they're not even careful. I right? was in, and this is so crazy. Um, and it I was, was just on your lower leg, right? You could no. Your- it was all the way up to my thigh. It was all the way up to my thigh. Like this motherfucker was a massive ass cast. That's right. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember if you could move your le- your no, knee or I not. I couldn't move anything. That's it right. was all the way That's up right. to right here, and right. so it was really just unwieldy trying to take a shit with a freaking full leg cast i'll tell you what you gotta sit <laughs> on the toilet like side it's it's a whole i could do a tutorial on it i bet <laughs> i bet you yeah I, you should actually do a blog post go to flyingbanana.blog.com i have plenty of experiences of that um but the thing is is like i it i was in such a state of anxiety it makes me wonder about those guys that are in full oh God. you know talking Thinking they must about just that have a whole my anxiety yeah. yeah like but um I was in such a state of panic that all rash. I was. I'm a very rational, skeptical. Like I come try, on. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> okay, sometimes. <laughs> but like I try to be, and um, like I'm. I'm self-regulating. Like I try to be aware of what's going on. Yeah, for and sure. I was in such a state that I lost all like impulse control. I was going to. I had a full leg cast, and we live upstairs. I was gonna fucking throw myself down the stairs and j- i just had this vision of myself trying to run 
I don't know where, <laughs> but just like physically, my body was like, you need to run. You yeah. need to. It was like that fight or flight. I was, was just going to yeah. say, I, I don't know if it's your endocrine system that does it or yeah, what, but something triggers your um, adrenal gland. It, it, it triggers that fight or flight. Your, it got your adrenaline pumping. You had the full on goosebumps, which is like mm-hmm. a, you know, your skin. It's triggering your, you know, something is not right with me. And I, and I need to like, yeah, you're, you had the flight. Part oh, yeah. of it, totally. Like, yeah, you were that trying was to get the whole thing. Yeah. Is I was just, I that's was incredible. trying to escape, and I had nowhere to escape to. But that's, I wasn't thinking about that. And I guy, was just thinking about I need to get away, right? Which would have hurt me. Like, I. That's why I'm glad someone was with me, and this is why it's it, people should be aware of this because I didn't know I had this. Yeah. Until I experienced it, I had no idea I would react this yeah. way. Well, listen, there's a reason people are fine until they get PTSD, and then the next thing you know, they're like. Alcoholics or homeless or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's, you're, it, I mean, not that you're you're there yet, but <laughs> yet. I'm just saying you got a you got a good support I got group, three right? Months yeah, 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 yeah. Let's where see. I am in three months. But the thing, the thing is too, is that like uh, some people aren't self-regulating like you, or some people just get. And this is from a cast. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine, and not just a cast from your crash and a cast, mm-hmm. because I think I'm seeing what's happened here is that. Yeah, your your anxiety has just been com- compound. It's like compound interest, where yep. there's like you have the underlying dollars that you've invested with the crash, but then probably the the immobility, and you're not a very. You've already you've said before like how much you like to work with your hands mm-hmm. and be out and doing stuff. Yeah, and be a physical nice. person. For yes, sure. very um, active. You know, every single day at your job, going two or three different places yeah. to suddenly one day just like I could see how just even if you just sprain your ankle or got some weird like the flu and right. you had to sit and be- like that and would already also, be like, screwing with you extremely high strung yeah. so it's harder for me right. to relax so that it was just like a cocktail right. of that's craziness. what i'm saying mentally like the the crash was the dollars that you invested and everything else just compounded on top of that and i can see how that like drove you crazy and mm-hmm. that dude and it's i'm i'm so stoked that you uh, you made it to, to Babes Red Out. And we're going to talk about that in a sec. Let's get, yeah, to, get to the current events. Let's get to current events. Fancy music time. Um, all right, well, now let's do this. Last week, I'll, I'll, let's recap what happened last week. Last week was Babes Ride Out, and it was in Santa Clarita, isn't that, or where it was? Santa Margarita. Margarita, that's right. And if you know, Santa Margarita is beautiful part of the Central Coast. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a flat track up there that called Santa Maria that Wiggins races at once in a while. Um, so. Yeah, and there's tons of winery. It's a beautiful area. I heard some stories. We'll get to that. Yep. Jay will fill us in on all that. Um, there was flat tracking at the SoCal Fair uh, at the Lake Paris Fairgrounds. I'm not 100% sure if Wiggins did that, but I do know that Wiggins went as like a Jedi to the uh, Hell on Wheels hill climb out in... Um, at Glen Helen, which I'm bummed I missed, but uh, that's that's my bad. I could have probably made that. Um, so yeah, the OC Vintage Bike Me also happened, and I think a 1963 um, R65 one or something like that, or maybe a 1965 R65-2, something like that one. So guys, if you have any 60s bikes out there or 70s bikes, it's right in the sweet spot. A lot of times those 1920s bikes win and, and stuff like that, but they're, uh, take it out there. OC Vintage Bike uh, Meet is once a month, so that ought to be pretty fun. Um, this weekend coming up, we have Joe's Mini Bike Reunion at La Crescenta. 
in California. Also, the 19th and the 20th is the Motorcycle Mechanics Show, Classic Motorcycle Mechanics Show uh, in Stafford. Um, October 23rd is going to be... Nothing's going to be excellent. That's in the middle of the week. I think there's going to be a bike night on October 23rd, but I'm not going to talk about that. (laughs) Um, That was the date for Spooky Spokes, but like I said, we moved that back to... um, uh, November 1st. So just submit it before that Friday so we can edit it all together. Um, the October 26th, the Moto Mash Art Show at Mind and Mill in Riverside, California. We mm. talked to field producer Brian Viffer this afternoon. He's going to be out there. Jay, you're going to be there for sure. Yes, sir. Um, let's pump this up a little bit. Jay, you got some art. Yeah, that's gonna I'm be actually going to... This is really exciting for me because this is the first time I've ever shown my art in a gallery. So... Um, this is kind of a big deal for me personally because as an artist, I uh, have been progressively going through stages where I'm trying to make it sustainable just with my injury. I'm trying to transition into something supporting my art. So like getting my art into this gallery, uh, it's kind of like a personal, I don't know, I guess a bucket list thing that I've accomplished. So I'm really, really excited about that. Um, They're just, I'm doing two smaller pieces and then um, a leather piece that I had done a couple years ago, which no I, way. yeah, the the cheat de- death, um, it was a tank bib that I was gonna do for my Harley. The proportions and the size of it ended up not working for my Harley, and it was such a really nice piece that I didn't want to put it on the bike because I was like afraid someone would steal it or it would get like weathered. And <laughs> that's I, a that's a bummer that you have to have that mindset. <laughs> yeah, but it's I know, true. especially in LA, you know, like it sucks. Um, But so I really like that and it has like um, the colors are really uh, vibrant and it's got like a a gas mask on there. And so I got that in a frame. So, yeah, I got three pieces. I'm really excited. And I'm not sure what the nonprofit is that a proportion, a portion of the sales goes to. It might be MotoFam. That's what I was thinking. So a portion of the sales go to MotoFam. So if anyone buys it. Um, I believe it was 10%. If that's, if I recall what she said, 10% goes to um, MotoFam. So definitely, if anyone's local in Southern, Southern California, October 26th, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., Mind and Mill Gallery, uh, please come out, support, say hello, what's up. If you do come out and you're a listener of the podcast, I will personally give you stickers for free. So, like, I got a nice little cache of some motorcycle-related stickers. I am willing to hook you up with some flying banana stickers and some of the other stickers that we have that are pretty cool um, in our inventory currently. So I will be wearing a banana shirt so you'll know who I am and uh, pretty easy to spot. (laughs) She actually just kind of looks like a banana. She's all all yellow with, like, a weird weird peel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be like, if you look at their lineup, it looks like it's going to be pretty cool. I mean, half of you are already going to be in town for the Roland Sands, uh, Moto Beach Classic that's happening that day as well. So, uh, why don't you come on over after that's happening to the Minded Mill? So, that's the next news. Uh, the Roland Sands Moto Beach Classic is going to be happening October 26th at Bolsa Chica State Beach. Um, go during the day for all the flat track and the cool racing and stuff like that. But then, 
all the music and stuff they're going to do at nighttime, eh, it's worth it to get out of the beach scene and come back into the Inland Empire, warm up a little bit, and have some really good beer. They hide all that stuff out there. The funny thing is that I grew up, I'm from that area. Yeah. So, um. It'll be like a homecoming for yeah, you. Yeah, it's, I try, I moved out to get away from it. So it's funny, <laughs> it's like circle of life. I'm coming back yeah. and I'm like at a, a a really cool stage as an artist. Are there any thugs there that are waiting to beat you up that oh, you owe yeah, money I to? yeah, I know the areas. I don't know, there's a lot, there was a lot of gentrification that was happening when I moved out. I don't I have no idea, I haven't been there in years so I don't even know what it looks like anymore but I, I know the areas I used to work at a gas station graveyards oh man I got some stories <laughs> like crazy <laughs> crazy stories late night gangsters like people trying to rob people out hookers it was right at, literally in next to motel six so you'd see all of the like workers coming in and out i got to know like some local hookers rad uh, yes yeah, i got some stories the area is pretty, <laughs> pretty <laughs> yeah that sounds like where i grew up yeah. in san diego um yeah, so that ought to be pretty fun. So check out the uh, Roland Sands Moto Beach Classic that day and then head out to the Moto Mesh Art Show at Mind and Mill in Riverside. I sadly won't be at either of those. I will be a couple hundred miles away at a funeral because of last <laughs> last week. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll tell you what, uh, was that a song? What was that? No, wait, was that you? No. Okay. Um we have a robot in here. Uh, so also happening, I think it's the 26th, every third Sunday of the month, the Venice Vintage Motorcycle Club does a, um, actually that would be the 27th then. Um, the uh, Venice Vintage Motorcycle Club does a third Sunday ride. And I think that's got to be coming up this Sunday. It's going to be the third Sunday, right? I'm pretty sure it is. So. Um, so yeah, they meet at uh, uh, 1625 Abbott Kinney Boulevard. I think it's at a, I think it's at a um, a bar, and then they meet at 10 a.m. Kickstands up at 11, and all years makes and models welcome. So it is a vintage preferred ride, but you know what? Like as long as there's motorcycles together, and if you have a, a SCR 950 or a new Triumph <laughs> of any sort, like you're also welcome because they all look they all look no, like. No, I heard the SCR 950s were not allowed. Actually, they specifically made a ban on those ones this year because Triumph didn't they said want they're competition. They're too heavy and ugly. <laughs> and then they allowed a bunch of 1,200 Triumph scramblers to come that look exactly the same that are heavier, and they're like, "Oh, we messed up. Well, it's Triumph. We yeah. messed up, Yamaha. We are sorry." Um, so yeah, that's going to be happening, and then uh, October 20. 6th and 7th is also going to be the Spooktracular flat track practice out at Willow Springs International Raceway in Rosamond, California. Uh, Sweet Talker Brady Walker is going to be co-putting that on. I think he's going to be doing the track day for sure. And then I've seen three different posts for the um, the flat track out there at the Mel Gibson Roundy on Dirt um, track. And uh, the Soak, if, you're, if you are on the Thumper Talk uh, forums, they had posted up something about it. And also Brady put a registration form at bradywalker.com for it and for the spook tracular, uh, track day on the streets. So that's going to be happening. Brady should be on next week to talk about all the fun stuff that's going to be happening because as usual, there's going to be mini bike mayhem. There is going to be, uh, all sorts of cool, you know, fun classes out there racing and 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 they don't open the walt james stadium very often unless it's like a, a 
like the Eddie Mulder classic or something. You know, there's like a lot of stuff that they uh, don't only open it for like real events. So this is kind of cool that it's going to be, I'll get you real a holder events. for that in a second. <laughs> this is kind of cool that they're going to let it be like a practice event and a f- slash fun event with mini bikes and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so speaking of mini bikes, I almost messed this up. Uh, this weekend, the 19th on Saturday, Joe's mini bike reunion locker center. I think I might already said that. Um, October 25th through the 27th as well is the Australian Grand Prix at Phillip Island. And uh, you guys know that as a, uh, Everybody loves uh, Phillip Island, so check that out. Um, November 1st through 3rd is the Hooligan Campout, number two at the El Mirage Dry Lake Bed. And there's also something else going on. Oh, November 1st or 2nd, I can't remember. I think it's the 2nd, is also the annual... SoCal Norton Owners Club or the SoCal British Iron. I can't remember which one it is, but they do the Hanson Dam ride uh, all through Tahunga. Now we just had fires last week on the show. You aren't the fires still going active? Because when I was I riding up to Bro, um, I was like inhaling uh-huh. ash because it was literally like snow coming out of the sky. Yeah, I was up there on Saturday. I went to uh, the reason I wasn't out at the Paris um, event is because we had a, a family friend. Um, their birthday was that day, and they were literally right over the hill from the fire. The fire was over in Topanga and Saddle Saddle Ridge or Saddle Ranch, something like that. One of the hills that's over there like in Topanga. And you know how the foothills up in Sunland kind of just roll, Mm -hmm. roll, roll, roll? Yeah. Well, it was burning on the backside of the hill. And as we're driving to their house, total blue sky. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. I mean, this weekend was awesome. Mm -hmm. And then just one thing of – Smoke, and since we had Santa Ana winds, it was blowing out toward you guys, it was Mm -hmm. blowing toward the coast instead of in from the coast. And so, all the smoke literally (laughs) was going out that way, um, just on that one part. And so, I don't know if that fire is done yet, um, but I'm pretty sure that even since the fires, because Wiggins and I went on, um, a ride on New Year's Eve, uh, the annual, um, who does that ride? Oh, the SoCal uh, Norton's Owners Club. They do a, a New Year's Eve ride, and we went on that, and it was perfect. Well, then the rains happened in what February and March, and uh, all these landslides came down up yeah, there because crazy. of the fire the last year, right? Yeah. So I don't know how it's going to be, um, but the the annual Hanson Dam ride goes through there. It goes through Tahunga and Big Tahunga and um, all over the valleys back in there where they used to shoot shows like Bonanza and. Weird little, they probably filmed Tremors back there for all I know. Oh, that would be fun. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's crazy back there. It's just, it's all hills and, and canyons. And so the thing is, is that's where the fire was. So I'm not sure what's going to be open, but that's going to be um, the same weekend as uh, the Hooligan Campout. Um, and then November 9th and 10th, Australian Motorcycle Festival in Lang Park, Wollongong, New South Wales, Australia. And I know there's some other ones coming up. So uh, I just got to find out where they are. And of course, as we're going into winter, the other side of the world mm-hmm. is coming into spring and summer. So I know there's a lot of stuff going to be popping up here soon in Australia before it gets to be 3,000 degrees over there. And also, I'm pretty sure England should be having... I, I, no, I guess England's in the same hemisphere as us. What am I thinking? Um, uh, like it's always Jap- rainy over there. Yeah, it? anyway. But uh, <laughs> Japan and... Um, 
maybe South America. I don't know if South America. This <laughs> is terrible. They're only a continent away, and I don't know if the oh, if it's summer down there when it's winter up here. Are they done recording the what's it the long, long way, way up? up? No, they said it was going to be a sixty-one day trip from one source that I read. Um, have they? They haven't done it yet, or are they? No, no, they're they're on it right now, oh. but they just started. Yeah, the, uh, they the started. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, with all the news of the right, Harley right. Davidson news. I wonder how news, that's going. Uh, and the fact I that they're... I hope they haven't exploded. Yeah, and they're taking them off-road in these Rivians. Um, dude, I wanted to... Wait, did I have Reddit jokes on here and not say them last week? <gasps> oh, no, I did. I said them. Um, you know, the funny thing is that I, Wiggins is looking for a new car, and I was... I don't know how much the Rivians are, but I was going to turn him on to those. Those things have... I've never heard of those. What are they? It's a truck. Fa- it's a truck. Okay. And they're manufactured in Michigan or um, Minnesota, something like that There's is where the factory is. And those things, they're electric. They're all electric. So that's why they're going along with the live wires. And, and that's the brand name? Rivian. Okay. Yeah. And... They can cross water. I think it said 42 inches deep, uh, which is like well over a meter. Oh, okay. And it's like normal cars. It's past does normal. Does it have a, well, does it need a snorkel? Cause it, no, 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 it's it electric, right? It's, it doesn't well, need that. Well, it probably that. has to be the insulated, the electronics have to be insulated. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And it's basically up to the top of the windows. So I'm sure the doors are sealed and everything. So once it that gets up to the top of the windows, it's probably so, when water yeah, comes in. So that's why you have to stay below road. that. Yeah. So that's the cool thing. Phil said that they've taken the zeros underwater because the electrics are insulated oh, up yeah, until the yeah, switches. Yeah. So if the switches go underwater, okay. it doesn't work. But anything else can go because it's all sealed, right? Yeah. And it's all electric, so it don't matter. Just put a plastic bag of it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. should be fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so these things have like 750 horsepower. Um, Hell yeah. And they can tow way more than a diesel even because they're wow. electric and right. they have four-wheel motors. The motors are actually in the in each individual wheel or at each individual wheel instead so of having- So it's all wheel drive. Yeah, Got it. Yeah. They, you know what they need to get is a unidirectional wheel. That way it can like spin in place. Oh, dude, yeah. Just plop <laughs> like, it down yeah, and like turn. A, that would be so freaking cool. I would buy that in a heartbeat if I had the money. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm going to get Jay something for her phone real quick. I'm going to pause this and then we're going to get into this week's show. We'll be right back. That is the sound of silence. Are you tired of having your ears filled with noise? Are you tired of that noise being the sound of your own exhaust? Your own screams of panic as you crash your Aprilia Fratura off a cliff? Are you tired of listening to your family and friends call your sweet, sweet baby a murder cycle? Well, try Saginati earplugs. They're guaranteed to keep you from hearing most ambient noise. That includes the low-frequency wind noise that other helmets seem to miss. Sirens, horns, Harley-Davidson's, pedestrians screaming, Hey, look out, you're gonna run over that baby! All these and more filtered straight out of the old sound pipes thanks to Saginati's patented design. Do you want to block out all oral input from your ride without the hassle of having to go electric? Try Saginati and you'll never hear again. Saginati earplugs. Our motto is... Well, 
looking for a high-quality leather that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? Well, not yours anyway. Try Criders, made in the USA from 100% renewable resources. We don't use fancy hide like kangaroo or elk, nor do we use other imported hides like jaguar or okapi. Those animals are scarce and protected. We extrapolate our hides from a unique source of marsupial. Not a wallaby, though, if that's what you were thinking. Crider's leathers are made from the United States' most renewable resource, the common opossum. The common opossum is so common, in fact, that thousands of hides go to waste each year on American roadways. We don't believe in letting these valuable garment farms end up in the city dump, especially with a looming leather shortage on the horizon. Crider's is dedicated to rider safety, and a low overhead is our number one priority. Visit Crider's today and we'll fit you up in new skin. Possum skin. Crider's, the cheapest leather you'll wear. Visit Crider's now. We're located down by the stream behind the old recycling factory. Crider's Leathers. talk about some stuff that we did we're gonna go back in time i just got that i spent all of our patreon money from three weeks ago uh well from the last three months i spent it three weeks ago um all 300 on on this cool time machine right here <laughs> and as you can see it doesn't look like it works very good but <laughs> then i just thought about this i could just ask you what we did we could just like use our brains and go back in time so i feel like i wasted all this money on this stupid thing i better get it out now because my memory is deteriorating as we speak (laughs) right we may we may need to try this thing out here pretty soon so um it's uh didn't napoleon dynamite have a time machine or something like that where they could i think that was back to the future yeah yeah but (laughs) didn't napoleon dynamite buy that thing that she just shocked him oh (laughs) i i don't time machine or a thought reader okay well, in my mind, it was just, I must have used this thing. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so back in time, back all the way two weeks ago, before uh, Syria and <laughs> everything mm. else, that like two weeks in the news cycle oh, is a man. long time. Two years, it's like two years. Uh, yeah, it's almost like two years. So let's go back virtually uh, two years ago to just two weekends ago. I did something on, um, you did something Friday night, or was it Saturday night? I honestly don't remember. Good. And I did something Sunday. <laughs> it was on the weekend. I think. Yeah, yours had to be Saturday because yeah. mine was Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so let's talk about it. Uh, the the gang from Recycle Garage came down. Mm-hmm. I asked Liza, where are you going to be? I tried to hunt her down. I called our friends at Lucky Wheels because months ago she and I had talked about, um, she said, yeah, good good to know. I, I had told her some things about Lucky Wheels and she said, good to know because uh, for future stuff. And I, I didn't know she meant... The event we're going to talk about right now, but I had a feeling. So when I didn't, when she refused to answer my text because she was riding 800 <laughs> miles uh, all week. But doesn't she, isn't Liza, I remember she said something about she watches like French movies when she's riding, or maybe it was when she was driving. I remember her saying that. It must that be on while she's riding. <laughs> like she, she watches movies. And I was like, oh my God, no. <laughs> yeah, I, that might have been sarcasm, but with Liza, you never know. Uh, so anyway, she didn't return my text and she's usually really good about it so then the next day as i'm like on this furious deadline at work she calls she always calls me at work i can never answer the phone but then she texted me where they were going to be and jay you and ashley 
ended up, what was the event that you guys went to two weeks ago? It was super exciting because it was when the baton for the women's, oh my God, this acronym murders me. (laughs) Women's re, I don't even know what it is. It's the Women Riders World Relay. There we go. To say that five times fast, I can't. Even even saying where we're. Wait, Women Riders World World Relay. Relay. That's, that's are, a tough are you one. ashamed that I know it and you don't? Is, is yeah, I'm not even drunk right now and I can barely <laughs> say it. <laughs> I don't even think you drink. Any. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, so the baton has been going across the globe. I know when I checked in on uh, listening to the Misfits, they were talking about all the different locations that it's been to. Uh, basically, it's this baton that represents it's a relay that women writers are carrying all across the globe just to uh, show everyone that hey we're out there we exist and we're not just in one place like there's people they went to they went to Pakistan right yeah they've been to they went to Australia yeah yeah they mm-hmm. went to Australia um, just all over and so it's really a big deal because it's uh, bringing visibility to women riders some of these terrains were really rough some of the situations are kind of sketchy but yeah you know Pakistan and um, a lot of the stands and the rands like eat well the ease I guess like Iran Iraq all those places like that uh, they don't let women ride and right. so that's why this is also such a big deal they just uh, I think Saudi or the UAE, which is the United Arab Emirates, I think. Saudi Arabia, yeah. Basically, just let women, women. start driving a couple years ago, if that. I right. mean, but but I've heard that like that's one step. I mean, they're, yeah, they're still they're still the, ages away. Then there were women who would ride, but they had to Disguise. do like a Joan of Arc type yeah. situation and basically dress like men, and it's you risk being in prison if yeah. you're found out. Oh, for so. sure. You know what's funny too is that um, I know in a lot of those countries. Uh, laws against homosexuality are like crazy. So yeah, I mean, if that, they found they it, will literally murder you. Dude, they threw a guy places. off a roof yeah. in Iran. Yeah, finding a woman writer and finding out that she she's a lesbian yeah. for, no, and she's I from mean, California. Liza's doomed. Does she? That's ever go? the thing. Is like I uh, I have a lot of friends, and I don't want to get into politics, but just to say that like. In America, we have made a lot of progress, and there's whatever your political views are, there, there's people that haven't had rights that now have rights, and that's awesome. And so I don't like to complain a lot about um, the rights that I have over here because I have very short hair, I'm very masculine, I ride a motorcycle, I basically look like a dude, I do all the things that a dude does, I get mistaken for a dude all the time, but I my life is not like threatened on a daily basis and I don't worry about being imprisoned yeah. because I look like that and I do that. And, and, and some of these countries they went through even just for being a lady on a motorcycle, right. you could so have gotten really, like, your life threatened um, or thrown in jail. I think it jail. was really interesting because it made me think about um, – just people in other countries and what they're experiencing and how I've taken for granted a lot of the freedoms that I have. And it really made me appreciate the hard work that people, women and minorities did before me that made it so that my life was enjoyable. Yeah, I enjoy a lot of liberties and a lot of freedoms and a lot of people made sacrifices and a lot of people died. There's you know people in the LGBT community with the Stonewall movement that literally sacrificed their life to have the rights to fight for the rights that we have today. Yeah. But um so this relay, you know, really is about empowerment and I'm not a big 
I get in trouble with Ashley, but like I'm not a big like empowerment person, but like yeah. this thing I really well, support because I almost feel like it's not a huge it's not a big empowerment thing either. Like they're not doing it to say I'm a woman, hear me where I feel like they're doing it to say, hey, there's a bunch of women ar- around the world that ride that are overlooked. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily an empowerment. It's like, hey, you're already doing this. And the crazy thing about this is that not only are they going to these places and they're like you said, we have you have ultimate freedom over here compared to somebody this uh, same woman doing the same thing that you're doing in mm-hmm. let's say Iran for for example. And you touch this baton, right? Mm-hmm. And likely a woman in Iran that has the exact mm-hmm. opposite abilities and rights and mm-hmm. um, you know uh, uh, civil rights as you do uh, has touched it as well. So to me, it's exciting that not only is it just it's the world's largest relay. I, I yeah. found that out too. It's not just because because it's not just a bunch of people riding around the world together. It's they actually are physically passing. An object right. to each yeah, rider, it's right? Really, so it's uh, really cool. Yeah, like it's historic and uh-huh. it's symbolic and it's really powerful. Yeah. And to be able to have experienced that, like as far as seeing them roll in and like touch the baton, and it's Bridget, right? She's the one who organized it. Brittany. Brittany. Um, you know, getting to meet her and like just. They're so chill. Like, we get to the place. I can't pronounce the name. I always mess it up. What's the show? Oh, Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, that place. And um, so we get there, and they know <laughs> we got there late. And so Ashley was like, oh, we got to get there early. And we got there, like I think, like an hour later. And still no one had really been there. So I guess they had split into two different groups. And they talk more about it on the Misfits. I don't remember all the details. But then you hear the motorcycles coming up. And it's like the parking lot is so small there. It's tiny. It is like the size of this garage. I met Liza and Jim there last year for lunch when they were down. We just kind of went there to hang out. And just the motorcycles that were in it for coffee almost filled it up. So I couldn't imagine having an event there, dude. Like, it's Yeah, no. The motorcycles were stacked on, stacked on, stacked. Like, when I... I, when we left, we had to have like a couple people move their bikes because it was literally <laughs> like three rows deep that of motorcycles. Um, but it was really cool because there were also guys who came to support because this um, ride was all, relay was also about um, allies. And, you know, we're not just like, oh, you know, if you're a man or whatever, you yeah. can't participate. It's like, no, like this is together, like um, That's support, a support network, you yeah. know, Liza and Haley. Bell is her name, Haley Bell. What'd I say? Brittany. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> yeah, so Haley Bell, it's all that they want. They really well, I wonder why I said make, Brittany. I'm thinking of Brittany Morrow, probably. <laughs> um, they really wanted to emphasize that it's not like um, we're not trying to exclude men. We're yeah. not trying to exclude people. It's not about that. You know, it's about like recognition and just making the way, paving the way and visibility. And, um, so when they rolled up, you know, Jim was there, Liza was there, Micah was there, um, a couple of the vampires were there, um, people from Santa Cruz. Um, they just all rolled up in this big group. And you see, like, there's some tiny, really petite women on these massive bikes. You know, um, what's her name? Is her name Portia? Porsche? If this is Black the one- Black Girl per- Riders. Oh, Oh God, I forget her. I don't know I think her name. It starts with a P. It I'm is, so uh, sorry I, I, for messing up your name. I follow you on Instagram, but she was there. She's a friggin' like. Uh, I like know who you're talking about. Master. I talked like, to she her. At IMS eats, last I think she's year. in Mexico right now. Last time I saw, they were in, like in Tijuana or something. Um, they had taken the baton down south, but like she was there. She brought her crew. Um, 
and like just all of these different women riders and they got their bikes loaded up like I'm five foot one like uh, buck ten and you see like chicks like the same size riding like some big ADV bikes they had GS's yeah. they got Harleys we got sport bikes we got like little 250s um we got like dual sports just all of these different women on all these different bikes who share the same passion and it's two wheels it's motorcycles and that was like really 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 exciting because um i whenever people talk to me and stuff and they like can get awkward because they're like oh you know you're like are you gay what do you identify i'm just like i'm a motosexual yeah like, that's what they say on <laughs> the misfits and i am a straight up motosexual because i fucking love motorcycles i could talk about motorcycles all day long all night long whatever like i love all mo- all things motorcycle related and that was the vibe you know like when everyone was there they were just sharing stories and we were trading tips and like talking about some of the adventures or breakdowns or what has um happened talking about the baton getting pictures you know it was just um so cool like it was uh, an experience that I'll never forget. And I'm really glad that I was able to make it out and see that. And it was just very meaningful to experience that in my lifetime. It was really cool, really fun. And um, I'm really glad that everyone, you know, took the initiative to participate because for some of those baton passes, it sounded like rough, you know? So there are some situations that just to get the baton from one location to another in some places, took some some you know improvisa- improvisation and but they still made it you know they made it around and is it currently still I think it's still on the move right or oh no it's on the move until uh, like the end of the year it, and, well definitely the end of the year but I think into mid next year or something like that the funny thing is I tried to track it when I was trying to find out where Eliza was I was like dude I know she's got to be here uh soon and so I was trying to find her um yeah, I was trying like, to track her, and it's, it, they haven't updated it yet, but it shows that it did fly from uh, Australia over up to Alaska or something, and then they rode down through Canada, or over to Canada, and then they rode down through the... To Obviously, they're going through Mexico. They're going to be ending up in South America. Probably, I'm guessing if they go to Ushuaia or they go to the tip, they're going to probably pass Charlie and Ewan, probably interview them and like get some cool. media press really stuff. Cool. But then they're probably going to bounce back over from the tip of... South America back up into Europe and have covered every continent. The funny thing too is that it's so massive and the route, if it's going to really be one line and a relay, it did zigzag a little bit through Europe, Mm -hmm. which it had, if it's going to hit every, try to hit every country it had to, but they also had these ripple relays, which it would ride out from hubs. Mm -hmm. And that way you could cover, since it's going (laughs) through the United States, but it's not going from like LA to New York, it's going from uh, Alaska down to Mexico, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It misses the whole eastern U.S. Well, there's ripple relays that are going out from all the w- ways around here. So when you finally see the map of this thing and all the ripple relays and the main relay together, I imagine that it's literally going to look like the World Wide Web. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. going to be pretty rad. And like you said, it's not about, hey, this is women's, like, we're doing this because we're women. We're doing it. But it's like, no, it's a bunch of women that love motorcycles. Probably ninety uh, percent of them motosexuals. You know, like mm-hmm. they'd rather hang out with the motorcycle than a, another person yeah. <laughs> every day. But also, just women that just like she was saying that in some of the other countries, like like Pakistan and India, and a lot of the 
Southeast and East Asian countries, it's just what women do. It's like the mom throws 18 kids on the back of her mm-hmm. 125 scooter and drives six miles into town every day to get a bucket of water. And then one of the kids holds it while she drives home. And then they make, it's just how people live. And yeah. so it's not about like a ride to live. It's just like some of them were just like, hey, you, what are you guys doing? Oh, it's a relay about this. Oh, I do this every day. It's like getting a, a relay for catching the bus to school if you're a kid. Mm. And it's like, Everybody has their own story and every situation has its own parameter of like what it is. But the thing that unites it is that everybody's on two wheels and And, everybody's female. And the thing is that's really cool is um, you don't realize how powerful or your um, visibility can be until like you are faced with those situations. So like there's been times where I'm just doing my thing. Like when I was commuting every day to work, I would load up my bike. Like I said, I'm very small. So when I would load up my bike, the bike with all of the gear and stuff would weigh more and be taller than me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? And I'm like lean splitting like a maniac down the You're highway. You're basically giving like a a linebacker a ride oh, behind yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like the the LA Lakers, the whole basketball team's on the back of my bike. Yeah. But like um just and that's just like I'm not trying to show off. Like I'm literally just living my life, but the thing is like when I would go to schools and stuff and I would just like a kid would come up to me and be like man, you like ride and like asking me questions or like being really excited about it. Um, And that's when I realized, wow, okay, like people see me. And like, especially if people are interested. And it's not just like women, it's also men. I've had guys who have been like, okay, if you put all that stuff on your bike and do that, you put me to shame. Like I need to start riding, you know? So it is really cool to just um, see the ripple effects in society and like um just and i think also just like motorcycles freaking roll so getting motorcycles more visible to me is also um one of my passions and like really really important to me um yeah you know as as uh people have been kind of scared about the motorcycle industry but i think as industry in general it seems like it's kind of like lurching toward this weird like slump an upcoming slump possibly mm-hmm. uh yeah getting more people in, involved in in something that's cheaper than a car and way more fun than a car and uh doable in most countries and you know what that just i don't want to get into the babes right out stuff just yet but just a little side story from it is um i was talking to segaline who's from santa cruz she's often been on the misfits and her wife and her friend were there and um we were talking about motorcycles and i was talking about how like i commute in la and stuff and they're just like yeah man you like when we're in southern california people are crazy and they (laughs) but they were they're from france right so they they were telling me like in Europe, um, number one, to get your driver's license, you have to go through all of oh, this yeah. extra training. So yeah, she's yeah. like, they don't just give you a, 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 a validation to just start getting behind this two-ton death machine. America, babe. Right. And so she was saying how that the drivers have to be trained better. They have tiered licensing for motorcyclists. So there is this emphasis on like um, safety and like taking responsibility yeah. when you're on the road. And so she said the main yeah. thing is she was like, there's always people on two wheels. Like you would go and leave your apartment or your flat or whatever, and you would just see at least five people on two wheels within two minutes. Versus like when I was on the way here, I rode because I had to go pick up some stuff. So what, how many miles? are like 38 miles. So I rode about 50 miles and I saw two like two motorcycles. Yeah, which is a bummer because I, I usually see more 
I haven't seen as many on the road either. I've seen more on the streets recently, which is kind of exciting to me, but the same sort of thing. Yeah. Like you don't see it, you don't, you don't experience the same way. And also, um, my friend from Japan also, not only does it cost more in Japan to get your license, it costs like $2,000 just to get your license. Mm. And part of it is because you have to do all the training you have to do a bunch of regulatory stuff. It's like, you know, <laughs> in America, it's so easy to do almost anything except mm-hmm. for open a business, which mm-hmm. is st- which is still actually easier than other countries too. But I mean, it, everything is a little bit easier over here because because of how uh, this country was established to get away from most of the stuff that was countries like that. I love freedom and I think it's great, but I also think there's been drawbacks. I think we're seeing some of the effects for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. But at the same time, like I personally don't, haven't gone crazy. You know, like I think if you can self-regulate, it's all good. But I think uh, the further along we get, uh, the more people are having problems with that, which Mm -hmm. is, which is interesting. I'm really want to hear about babes right out. But before we do that, uh, are you done with the where word? That was that was yeah, it, right? Was it. And like, going we through. saw everybody uh, talk to Haley Bell for a bit, and um, yeah, it was just really awesome, really uh, just positive experience, really just memorable experience. Glad yeah. that I got to like actually touch the baton, you know, and take a picture of it, and um, yeah. So I just uh, send positive vibes to the women who are carrying it, continuing to carry it forward. I hope they have a safe journey and trip. And I hope that a lot of people get to experience the thing that I experienced and just seeing it and like get excited because it really like got us. It's like Ashley, like her eyes were like lighting up. <laughs> she bought um like one of those uh like neck scarf things and we were leaving for babes right out and she's like oh no, I can't leave without finding that. I have to bring that with me. Like after she bought that, it was just like, she always takes it with her when she's on the motorcycle because she's so proud of that, you know? And that excites me because uh, it means so much to her and to other women and and myself. So I really, I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, I'm sad. I'm really sad that I missed it. Um, I'm sad I didn't take my kids. My wife wasn't in town uh, she was actually down. <laughs> this, this, the death in the family really has shook stuff up. She was down yeah. there well, with, happens, with the person yeah. before as they were dying, right? So uh, that was the weekend uh, right before it happened. And so uh, I'm just bummed because I really, uh, that's something that I want my daughter to see too, was mm-hmm. something like that. But of course I had my son. I didn't want to drag the... Um, the beast from hell down for anybody to have to have to deal with. Cause that would have been, he would have been uh, going into crazy mode right about that time. So anyway, I, I missed that, but I did the next day have my own two wheel experience. And I did take my kids to this one and I went to something that they do a couple times a year uh, here in LA. They shut down the streets to four wheels. They block, oh, yeah. they block off. Yeah. They block off everything. I don't think you would have made it very, very well with your busted. Uh, I, I miss it because trotter. I really enjoyed doing that. For a while, I was doing it like twice a year. Yeah, when we were doing it. They did have some things that I think you might have been able to try had you not had to like have an emergency situation and jump off. We'll talk about that in a sec. <laughs> but the thing I went to was Ciclavia, and uh, they basically take some parts of LA that are 
developing or underserved. Like they they do they don't just take you to the fancy parts of LA mm-hmm. and shut them down. They take some of the under underserved or some of the older parts of LA that are getting more or less frequently visited, um, and they open them up. So what we were at was we they opened up Chinatown. They had a hub in Chinatown, oh, nice. and Chinatown's awesome. If you if you ever watch Rumble in the Bronx, it's a Jackie Chan film. It was filmed in Chinatown, which was. You know, they, they made it to be the Bronx, New York, and it actually fits because in the background you see all these weird skyscrapers and you can't exactly point them out as L.A. because of the way um, people edit films nowadays with computers. But also, like, if you get the footage right, you can't really tell that it's uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of close-ups will do that. So th- it's really, I think on one of the buildings it says Jackie Chan was here and, and they filmed Rumble in the Bronx 1994, wherever the hell it came out. I forget. It's, it's been a while, but... Um, they're su- super proud of that. And I think part of Blade Runner was filmed in either Chinatown or Little yeah. Tokyo, which is right yeah. on the other side of uh, downtown LA. So they kind of like butt each other on the on the backside. So they shut down Chinatown and you got to ride through Chinatown on two wheels. Did they keep the uh, some of the shops open? Oh, every, it was open. It was nice. a normal. It was a normal day. Yeah, that's what's really cool about that event is it brings like money into those areas. Because I know when I did it, I think we did it two years ago. Because we do try to go before my you know injury happened. We did it. There's an area in Wilmington, mm-hmm. so we did it in Wilmington. So we uh, you know got to visit some of the areas there. And then before we did it in um, South Central LA, I think it was Inglewood. Inglewood Watts Compton area. Yeah. And dude, like taco shops and like people were making bank, you know, like they're setting up oh, their dude. little things. It was awesome because it's like you're getting authentic food. Everyone's friendly and happy and there's no fucking cars. Like, dude, it, I don't think if people in, who are listening to this who don't live in California, who don't have never experienced Los Angeles without to, cars, <laughs> to be, I cannot emphasize how mind blowing it is to be in downtown LA or like some of the busiest parts of LA, like even Chinatown and not see any cars on the road. It bl- it blew my mind when I was doing the Ciclavia events because it's magical because yeah. there's just bicycles everywhere, people walking, like people pushing their strollers and I, it, I, f- I love it. I yeah. love it. It's so great. And the gateway drug to motorcycling used to be mini bikes, but also BMX. Yeah. When I was a kid, BMX was huge and all of us kids that rode BMX also rode dirt bikes. And... Uh, I know so many people who, my friends who were into, like I was in hardcore into bikes for 10 years before I got my motorcycle for 10 years. Every single job I had, I commuted by bicycle. Every single job. I lived in an area called San Bernardino in California and a really ghetto, ghetto, like an area that a white person might be scared, like a person who's not like me, uh, that, you know, you wouldn't want to walk in at night. But I was riding through there at midnight and stuff and um, just commuted by bike for 10 years. Dude, and San Bernardino is one of those places that like Route 66 went through. So if you can imagine this huge, expansive, like desert town, it's not really conducive to bicycling, but hot damn, if you have a bike and you roll through there, like... Word up. Like, that's, you're legit. Yeah, you know like, what I'm uh, so, but like I was saying, so many people who are on motorcycles are into bikes too. So yeah. it's like two wheels. It's the well, experience. It's really, two wheels is great. Yeah. And you know, a lot of professional racers, if they aren't practice, if they aren't doing a track day 
or a practice date or qualifying day, they're out there cycling. Hell, that's how Nikki Hayden got killed, right? But everybody's out there always on the bicycles, um, whether you're a flat track, road race, mostly road race guys. Motocross guys don't usually ride the bicycles too much because they're always jumping and doing, you know, burning 12,000 calories on a motorcycle anyway. But I do know a lot of motocross guys like to go out and mountain bike and jump on just because it's fun. They like jumping yeah. and, and they'll just go to a, a park and be doing like freestyle stuff because they don't, yeah, can't Ash- contractually do. Uh, my girlfriend do- actually did B- uh, BMX racing yeah, in Florida dude. too. So. Oh my God. So it was so, f- so much fun. And like you said, to see Chinatown, which is normally <laughs> packed with cars and packed with people. My wife had, my wife is like claustrophobic a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And so I would say agoraphobic, but that's not the right one. What's the one where you're like, you don't like large crowds. Like she just hates, she hates walking uh, through Chinatown. She really likes all the, when you're walking through Chinatown, you feel like you're in, you know, China. Yeah. Because no, of- it's crazy. I remember um, one time when I was in Chinatown, <laughs> it was like a scene out of a movie. I walk in and in the back, they have these turtles, like just selling little baby turtles. Yeah. And I oh, was yeah. like, is that... Is that That's real? a turtle? Yeah. That's a legit turtle. Like, well, there's then, some crazy stuff down there. Yeah, and then you have these shops selling God knows what, and you're like, this has to be a front for something. Like, in the back, <laughs> is there an opium den? Like, yeah, you just yeah. don't know. It literally is like being in China where there's, like, a fruit stand up front and they then, like, a bunch of on. fucking ninjas in the back or something. Mm-hmm. But this was cool because all the businesses were out there and they had, uh, since, since there wasn't going to be any... Uh, traffic that day they brought all the um, stores brought all their stuff out to the curb so you had it was like a whole farmer's market all the places were giving out free candies and everybody had a booth set up and you know they sell the weirdest shit because they sell all the name the like Chinese house brand stuff that you would only find if you went to China so all these weird toys that are Mm -hmm. only in China these weird electronics and gadgets that people buy only in China like my friend when he my friend from Japan uh, in the 90s in the 90s, they already had like Roombas and sh- his mom already had a bunch of robots mm-hmm. that helped her around oh, yeah. the house. And we didn't even have a fucking CD players yet. You know what I'm saying? Like right. a, he had this little microscopic cassette tape player that was this big. Oh, yeah, like a mini disc player. And I, and I was like, what the fuck? And he puts this tape, like a regular size tape into it. And it was like, it just fit it. But, and it was so small. I was like, here's our American like uh-huh. Walkman tape players, you know, the size of a goddamn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I iPad now, but, uh, so they've always been, had this weird stuff that never gets here. So in Chinatown, you see all this weird Chinese stuff that's mm-hmm. like not for sale here, but in China, you yeah. can, Chinatown, you can find that, it. That was the one thing I loved about my job of traveling around. I got to travel to lots of different areas of Los Angeles yeah. that I wouldn't have no, yeah. like a reason to go to. And whenever I would stop through like Japantown or Chinatown or like Filipino town, I, the first thing I would always do is go to a store yeah. because it's like you get some of the like most bomb ass authentic food. Yeah. Like I would be buying things. I have no idea what I was eating, <laughs> but it was so good. Yeah. I would just like walk out of there with a bag full of stuff because yeah. I'm the kind of person where I want to embrace like all cultures and experience all of that stuff because I just find it so vibrant and exciting. And so I just like I'm always into like just absorbing as of yeah. as much of it as possible. The crazy thing too is that there's this like Grand Dragon buffet or something down there or like King Emperor buffet and they have a C rating. 
like you know we have a b and c here that's in california yeah the line yeah. out the door and my wife was like oh my god like most things had to be down there and she, and it's it's really really la uh is really hard to get your health cert- an a health certificate mm-hmm. so every place has an a you go to chinatown and they have b's and c's and it's because you're not even allowed to store food certain foods next to each other but in china that's how you do mm-hmm. it shit you might have an octopus climbing out of its little bin into the friggin yeah. wasabi well, they have like some of those people they just have like guts that are like yeah. ironclad because i know my my parents had traveled overseas and like my mom got sick because she just wasn't used to yeah. the, all of the stuff but they they're much harder but listen that's how you know it's legit when you have a c <laughs> rating you know and that's why every chinese person in la is going there like because it's what they want. It's okay, like we need to stop talking about Chinese food because I'm getting hella hungry. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that that's a good segue then because it also Ciclavia opened Chinatown up into uh, it went down whatever that main Hill Street, you know, right by the courthouse. It's it's right. crazy because and it, don't they have that that like um, I don't that thing that. It's a oh yeah 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 the angels flight yeah 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 so they went around by angels flight which is really crazy because if you watch documentaries of old um, LA there was like a castle up there it was a really rich part of town and it's now where like the Disney Hall and all that stuff Mm -hmm. is but the hill is so steep that this angels flight thing went up and down I actually went on it when they opened it up a couple years ago and Mm -hmm. they shut it down like the next year it's only been open since like 1948 it's only been open twice and me and Heather actually got to go up on it once Yeah, and so I was really stoked because that hill is steep and it's also where you'll see like a huge homeless population Yeah, and so it's weird that it used to be this cultural and wealthy hub of LA mm-hmm. and now it's kind of run down. So that's where they're taking people to because these these areas are changing. And it's also where the Central Street Market is, which has been there. Oh my God, that place. If you ever visit LA, the Central, is it Central Plaza Market or Central Street Market? I can't remember, but there's this huge market that goes under the building. Yeah. And it's like right by the courthouse and administrative downtown of LA and that's dude we were riding through there and you see these people eating at these like five star yeah. restaurants looking out the window yeah. at thousands Th- this is the part that I want to talk about uh, despite all the cool stuff that the environment as we were talking about we could have gone on for 20 more minutes about Chinatown and probably 20 minutes about the rest of mm-hmm. downtown LA where it was instead of doing that I want to tell you there were thousands of bikes there there were thousands of bikes there was supposed to be no electric skateboards no electric stuff Those no electric are always there dude come Every on oh my god I, and i was like I've what the hell i've been to like 10 ciclovias i don't think i've ever been to one that didn't happen yeah but the thing is there's not i don't know about this time if there were a lot but like the ones i've been to it was never that bad the thing no. is, is Nobody's some of those problems. guys no I, I was gonna disagree with you some of those guys were assholes like oh, really? they were like you have to move out of the way so that, but maybe they are different at the one you went to. Yeah. I mean, everybody was just kind of cruising and vibing and doing their own thing. So yeah, there wasn't, that's good. and they had periodic traffic breaks and dismount zones. So everybody had to get off and walk through where there was like water. Right. So they didn't want everybody like zooming past where people are stopping to get waters and, and look at stuff. They, and then, so you did have to dismount and walk at certain intersections and it was so cool. There was people on one wheel, those skateboard one wheels, yep. but also those weird like one wheel things that look like a briefcase that you ride. Yeah, yeah. There was That's a dude- the one that um, Kill Switch Queen, I think, broke oh, okay. her arm or, or oh, leg or something. Sh- on. <laughs> well, there was this dude dressed up as Batman, and it looked what? like he's just hovering because because those are so like 
unnoticeable if you don't yeah. look down. And so Batman is just like flying down the street. And I love you. Did they have a lot of wheels. low riders? Like a dude. The, like, oh my god! Like pimped out like Snoop Dogg style. This guy. This one dude had the bitchinest low rider, and my kid's like, "Hey, he has a wheel on the back." And I'm like, "Baby, that's like Continental. <laughs> if you ever seen a Lincoln Continental with a wheel built into the trunk?" Hell yeah! And I so there was that. dudes. There was dudes on trikes. Yep. And beach cruisers, and there was a whole. It's a big Latino thing here. So most of the dudes are Latinos. Like, there's Old like bicycle school. clubs uh-huh. that, that do that. They're yeah. Like, like how motorcycle clubs, like, you know, they have club style bikes. There's club style bicycles. Yeah. Where it has to like look a certain way. They have vests. They yep. have patches. Like it's pretty cool. It's, it is. And, and, and it's just, it's just as legit as an MC. Cause in Cali, the OG gangsters didn't, weren't into motorcycles. They were into bicycles and that was their thing. And in, in California, I'm not sure if this is like across the rest of the country too, but a lot of lowrider clubs will have the club name in like a, in like kind of like a chrome decal in the back window yep. of the car. Yep. And it's like an actual physical like hard plaque, thing. Yeah. Like a plaque or yeah, it's like a yeah. plaque. And a lot of these bikes had those, or they had these yep. fuel tanks with the paint on the side. Yep. And dude, they got twisted bars. They have like 120 those spokes. spokes. Oh, I love those uh, spokes, man. Ape hangers. Yep. Dude, this guy's I was I looked at my daughter and I was like, dude, that guy's handlebars, even when he's sitting on this, even when he's <laughs> on his bike, he has to stand up to reach the top of them. They were so damn tall. They were at least eight feet tall. Yeah, yeah. Right. And he's walking his bike down the street like this. Yep. And I was like, there's no he there's no way he even sits on that when he's yeah, riding it there's yeah. no way but it was cool seeing those guys and like I said they trikes and and you would see one and then you're like oh that's a cool bike and I, I gave the guy like a thumbs up and he's like yeah and then like later I saw him with his crew and I realized like you said it was a whole club mm-hmm. and they had mm-hmm. stereos on them and they're just going down pumping some sweet music yeah. and I was like dude so every sort of thing the um tuk tuk style um like rickshaw bike mm-hmm. bike petty pedicabs I think they call mm-hmm. them those were all over and where they have the streets blocked off um, for you to go through Chinatown and then into downtown, on the other side of this barricade was the main part of LA where you're you, by the court. You know, you always yeah, yeah. see traffic down there in LA. Oh, it's, always. It's hell. It is hell. And I was there. looking over there and, and I'm the like, streets were, did they fix any of those roads? Because I know they saw no. gnarly potholes. No. There was a pothole that almost took me out. Yeah. Like literally, I was leaving a meeting from work and I was looking, I don't know what, I was looking in my mirror or something. I wasn't looking straight ahead and I hit, I'm glad that I had both my hands on the handlebars because I got a, a tank slapper out of nowhere. Yeah. Just, you know, cruising at 20 miles per hour, scared the freaking bejesus out of me. But some of those areas, there's potholes, cracks that your your yeah. bicycle tire can fit in. Yeah. <laughs> I rode Spamla down there looking for the one of the Tiddler tours last year. And I had the handlebar cameraman on the handlebar. It was already shaky enough because she's a thumper. So mm-hmm. it was already shitty looking. But then when I hit, you could really see it moving when I was driving downtown because, dude, there's legit like street problems. There's especially how many where, millions of vehicles go through there every day. And where the trains, I mean, you got um, buses to those those yeah, you know, yeah. stacked whatever those like, super extended buses that are going there every day multiple times and you got the the metro uh-huh. so like always the streets right there are like ridges like it's yeah, mountains yeah they're crowned you know? right right yeah yeah, yeah cuz the tracks right and so it it was it is legit bumpy down there even on a bicycle i almost my son was on the little hitchhiker behind me and he almost got thrown in the air a couple times cuz the cuz this even where the streets meet up in the seams and part of it will sink down and yep. it'll be yeah. Oh, yeah so yeah it was ex- it was ex- Extremely crazy uh, seeing um, as we're coming down this hill, thousands of bikes just in harmony passing. It was so, it was a beautiful thing. It was yeah. a very beautiful thing. And 
looking right past the barriers where they had it blocked off for cars to not come through, you see all the traffic of LA. You're, you're looking at regular traffic, uh, yep. how it normally looks, and they are just sitting there, and it just looks hot, and you can just literally well, see the you, exhaust fumes um, going down. Did you drive there? And you took, uh-huh. See, the thing is, when we did Wilmington, because it's close enough to where we live, yeah. we rode our bikes 20 miles to get to there, right? Yeah. So, My little kids would have passed out yeah, after no, 20 miles. It was hot as hell that day, too. But we rode there, and like, so it was great because we were like, oh, bicycles, every, all the roads are shut off. But then when it was over, we like nearly got hit like three or four times <laughs> because, because now no it's protection, like no one sucker. cares. They're like, get the fuck off the road, yeah. you fucking bike. Yeah, like, for sure. We, so we got out of there. So that kind of sucked coming back yeah. home because I was like, God damn, now I'm stressed out. Like I was totally chill because I felt safe and protected. And then once it was over, yeah. it was just like normal. Yeah. That's how it yeah. normally is. And man. you were safe and protected. And there was cops at every... Um, they would only let traffic cross like once every 15 minutes and there was cops there making sure the cars didn't try anything funny. And so you were protected and my daughter Mm -hmm. is not even 10 yet. And I, she was just cruising and I was like, I feel so safe. And it kept us cool because the skyscrapers blocked the sun from hitting us. Mm-hmm. So it was like riding in a shadow though, because it was yeah. hot as hell. Right, but right. with the winds coming in through the through the streets there being kind of funneled by the um, skyscrapers, it was really cool. And it was nice that the shade from those things kind of kept us cool. And I was like, dude, one of the things I want to talk about, the, the main thing that made me want to even mention it on the motorcycle podcast, since it was just a bicycle podcast, is that they had these bikes called Super 73s there. And they had the whole squad of them. Mm. And I've seen them before. And I was like, oh, those things look cool. I seen I a guy where doing are they? I haven't heard of Dude, them. they are electric bicycles, but they say the world's first electric motorbike on their website. Mm. And I'm thinking motorbike, not not motorcycle, motorbike, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is what their claim is. They look like little mini bikes from the 70s, but without a motor. Okay. And so they're pedal, they're pedal bikes, but they also have a throttle assist. Mm-hmm. And there was a dude wheeling in one of those. You know Spring Street right there where the, um, how it's that big street and then it goes down Brackett, again? He wheelied up. Yeah, it's like by um, Heritage Park or something. Yeah, like down getting there. stuck at the light when you're oh, like God. on the incline. Yeah. It's a, it's, yeah. I, I've split there before because. That's what I was going to say. I remember <laughs> I, got, I got the light and I was splitting and the road was crowned. Yeah, yeah. So I'm short. So I'd go to put my foot down and there's like six inches where there's, <laughs> there's like no a road. Dip. Yeah. <laughs> and there's cars. There's a giant bus on my right side, like some like work truck on my left side. And everyone's trying to merge into like the <laughs> one lane or so. Yeah, it's terrible. But I love splitting there be- because otherwise you're stuck on that oh, yeah, hill yeah, and you're yeah, going to yeah. burn your clutch totally. up, right? So that's. That hill, the one that you're thinking of, there was a dude wheeling one of these bikes up the hill because it's throttle assist. All he had to do was lean back and find that sweet spot. And he just went up. But they have their tires almost look as fat as the SCR. Yeah, or at least the front. I wonder how heavy it is. They're 80 pounds, which sounds heavy for a bicycle, but you got to remember. really friggin' heavy. This looks like a little motorcycle and it pedals like one. And I've ridden an electric assist bike so before is the it's frame, fast. does the frame look like a traditional bike? Listen, no, no, no. You it looks like a mini like bike. A, okay. It looks like a mini bike frame. Dude, okay. you could legit drop a uh, Briggs and Stratton in it and go to Joe's mini bike reunion and then but it has take pedals. the pedals off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. And then slap the pedals back on. After. But how t- tall is the seat? Like it looks just like a mini bike. Okay. Um, I would say the seats probably, they come in three different sizes. 
And I'm actually going to con- have to see a picture. Of it yeah, listen, we're gonna awesome. we're gonna try and get him on the show. We're gonna or we're, nice, I'm gonna try and nice. go down there and talk. They're in Irvine, so I'm gonna try and go down there and talk to him. I'll let you know when Sweet. I'm when I'm gonna yeah, do that that's awesome. because I thought of this is the gateway drug to motorcycling, dude. This thing I wanted one. They're a couple thousand bucks, which every electric pedal assist bicycle is a couple thousand bucks. Bicycles I f- have found out recently aren't cheap. Oh no! They're Are you kidding me? There's more ten thousand than- dollar road yeah, bikes out yeah. there. I used to be. I had a road bike. Like I said, I rode for ten years, and I had a road bike. It was a big deal for me because it was a. T- I bought a two thousand dollar bicycle. Yeah. Like that was like my friends were like, "What the hell is yeah. your problem?" But I could lift it up with my pinky. Like it was so light. Yeah. And so I was paying for like this really like high quality bicycle. Yeah. And yeah, that that's the that's a whole. Dude, I mean, my specialized was the same thing. I went from taking a Schwinn up this hill. Dude, I, I looked like King Kong. I was so in shape because I was used to pedaling a 60-pound fucking Schwinn up the hill. And when I got my Specialized and it oh, only yeah, weighed about six pounds. It's amazing. You clip it, in, yeah. you got the special shoes. It was 2000 bucks, and luckily I got it off some dude that needed rent real bad. So yeah. I got it for like really 500 cheap. bucks. Yeah. 500 bucks for me was like 500 bucks for a bicycle? Yeah. But then when I looked it up and I was like, he's like, dude, he's like, give me the stank <laughs> eye. still. Yeah, and I was like, oh God, this retails for 21 100 bucks. Uh, yeah, 500 is cool, dude. Like, I'll take your bike for 500. So, uh, yeah, and that was in 2000. That was like in 2003 or something mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, they've probably only gone up since then, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. So, this is the same price as a bike, but it's an e bike. It's it's electric, um, and they come in a couple different stages. So do you need a motorcycle license? You do not, because nice. it's a pedal bicycle. Cool. So, of course, you can't take it on the, the highway. highway or anything like that. What about on the str- so, how does that work legally with the street? Do you have to be in the bicycle lane? I think you have to be in the bicycle lane, but okay. I mean, I think I've seen dudes like that. Like, just like I, I remember one time I was getting gas, and some guy just like in the bicycle lane on like a mini bike just like blazed past uh-huh. i was like what the hell was all like the a- time because uh, there's a huge um chinese community i mean i live you wouldn't really know but there's a lot of chinese people around here the that are older and they're used to commuting via bike so they don't have a car like here in the states mm-hmm. and there's a lot of those like electric pedal they look like mopeds but like one step down mm-hmm. and so you're like they got is that guy pedaling or what <laughs> and they're hauling ass in the bike lane yep. because yep. like and they're flying past yeah. cars that are waiting at stoplights. So I'm like, dude, yeah, yeah. I would go for this. But these things do legally. I think road bikes that are pedal assist can't go faster than 28 miles an hour. Is it 28 miles per hour? I thought it was something 15. like that. I think it's 28. Okay, okay. Is the cutoff? That's pretty fast. That's yeah. the thing. That's really so fast. that is about. Dude, you could take that on the freeway at some hours of the day <laughs> and get away <laughs> with it. 405 during yeah, rush hour? Are you yeah. kidding me? You'd Dude, get home you, like faster than no, anyone else. I don't think I've ever gone through the 101 through downtown and gone faster okay, than don't, 28. That's triggering me. Bad memories. <laughs> like, oh, right. God. I don't think I've ever so, gone talk faster. Talk about spooky stories. I've oh, had God. so many close calls on the 101 coming Dude, home. Yeah, that's a, it's, and, and there's always, dude, whether it's one in the morning or like one in the afternoon, there's always traffic. That's the thing. <laughs> I remember when I first like, uh, moved to LA over 10 years ago and then I was like uh, I don't know I was out of town or something and I was like oh I'll take the 101 it's like you know uh, I think it was like Thursday it was like 1 o'clock in the morning and then on the 101 it was trapped I was like where <laughs> where are these people coming from <laughs> the rest of the freeways were empty but like this one section Dude. like by downtown yeah. like the, by the jail yeah. the 101 where it goes crosses under on all the freeways right there it was like just backed up yeah 
I know. I, my friend had an art show over at the Steve Allen Theater. He, not art show. He was a, he's a musician. And his show ended at like 1230. And so I'm riding my motorcycle home going, dude, this ought to be a good ride all the way back. <laughs> and it was like one, you know, we chatted a little bit and then I left home. One in the morning, I figured I was just going to, and I was tired. So I'm like, good thing there's going to be no traffic. Right. I hit the one, I go get back on the one one and I'm going, dude. Like I had to split lanes all the way to the dead. And you know what's gnarly about the 101? They, I think they fixed the roads, but there was a part on the 101 that was you could not split. Like you, I mean, I split on there, but again, the crown was right. The ridges mm. were right where the, the lanes meet. The lanes. Yeah. And then you, there's no shoulder because uh-uh. they were working on the the freeway. And then you have a lot of big trucks that were hauling in that area, and you get a lot of the sports cars and like yeah. you know the rich, really entitled BMW Mercedes. Mercedes yeah, and then you're drivers, going- and it was a talk about a nightmare. Like I remember just so much. I would actually I started to avoid that area because yeah. it was just so crazy. Right by is it Los Virgenes or? Spring, one of those streets, it's like right by downtown, all the way through to where you get to where exactly like the San Pedro. Yep. There's not, I mean, there's a city, there's yep. LA proper on both sides. So there's no room to expand out, or you're going into an office building and a parking garage. So literally, the freeway can only ever yep. be that wide and the traffic it's, is increasing. Yeah, it, it's just like claustrophobic. God, it's yeah. like a bottleneck. At, totally. You could totally ride one of these bicycles on there <laughs> because it never gets faster than 28 miles an hour. It's like, it's like a picture of somebody's artery. And then, like, seeing it shrink up, like, mm-hmm. er- everything just slows down and slugs through there and then speeds up again when it hits the uh, widens out a they few need miles to down just the road. Take, like, uh, I mean, those bikes aren't very wide. If they could just take what a three foot patch and make that a lane and like make it enclosed. I think that yeah. would help because then a lot more people would maybe ride uh, motorcycles and, and two-wheel vehicles in L.A. Because that's one of the big issues. I know people are probably listening to this being like, what the hell is wrong with these Southern California <laughs> people? Yeah. But, like, it is. Riding in Los Angeles, especially, like, I am very ex- – seven or eight years of experience and I have scars to prove battle scars to prove it is an experience and it's not I think Jim even mentioned this on the Misfits podcast where he said it's not for the faint of heart dude which is funny because to us it's normal like I wonder how easy it is to ride up in Santa Cruz then well well, that's the thing is when I was going up to babes there is a vibe that changes once you leave LA County it is literally a different feeling like all of the various different road trips that I've taken northeast south from where we live there's just this point where you leave LA County with whatever direction you're going but you leave LA County and the feeling changes everybody we're gonna come back next week and finish up our discussion about riding through la and get to part two of this show that's right not next week uh, in a couple days uh yeah this is gonna be a double episode double dumper and i'm gonna talk louder because this microphone requires it of me. Right now, we're going to take a quick, uh, well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about a camera that I got, uh, requested speech by a listener. So we'll get right to that in one second.
125 and a half years, no pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clawman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clawman Pickle in your face. Clawman's guaranteed. Clubman's in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clubman's the only pickle for motorcyclists. One of the only pickles for motorcyclists. The other one is a nickel. If I had a nickel for every time I ate another pickle, I'd be a dickle and I'd be a loser. Clubman's the only pickles for motorcyclists. And we got some Clubman stickers if you want to buy them. Uh, Mail us some money. You mail it to any random address. We'll get the Clawman's Pickles to you. We'll figure out how to do this in the next couple months. If you'd like to buy some creative writing merch, I think I'm going to try and bite the bullet and do what Jay's doing. Make a big cartel site or something. So anyway, you can get some stuff if you'd like on Zazzle. Zazzle.com. We have, I think we got a couple t-shirts over there. Listen to me, I think. I should know. I'm the one that put them up there. But yeah, we got a couple shirts over there. We got some coffee mugs over there and uh, some rando stuff. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll transform, transfer over to like a direct to me from me to you site. Um, Right now, I want to talk about something you can buy on the Amazon.com and probably Banggood or Alibaba or one of those places like that. It is a uh, an action cam. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm yawning over here. You need to get more oxygen. <sighs> there we go. Oh, yeah, that's way better. Um, so, yeah, it's a action cam that I got, and I really wanted to be able to record some of the rides that we go on and capture some of the uh, awesome moments that we have at events and, and uh, stuff like that. So I got this action cam, but I didn't want to spend, like, a few hundred bucks on a, a GoPro just yet. And so I was like, I wonder what these cheap action cams are, are like. I wonder what like 50 or 60 bucks can get you. So I bought an action cam and it's called Acaso, A-K-A-S-O, or maybe it's Acaso if you're from uh, Minnesota. Or, are you now? If you're from Christopher Walkentown. Uh, I'm going to guess that was like a Brooklyn accent. I have no idea. Um, I guess I might. <laughs> if you're, <laughs> that was somebody that doesn't exist. Anyway, enough accents. Um, the brand is Acaso. It was uh, approximately 60 bucks off of Amazon.com, and that included uh, like two-day shipping or uh, three-day shipping something like that. So it was through Prime, I think. So it was good. Uh, The camera came and it looks like, I don't have a GoPro, so I don't know exactly what they look like, but I've had friends mount them on my motorcycle before. And it's roughly the size of a GoPro. Uh, I should bust out the exact dimensions. Uh, Do you want me to do that real quick? Let me, I'll pause for you real fast and come back. Okay, so I am back, and I've got my tape measure handy. I'm not going to run into the house and grab my uh, scale to tell you how many grams it is, but the person that did ask about this is a drag racer, so I know he's going to be bummed that I'm not telling you how many grams (laughs) this little camera weighs. Uh If I could hear that, I know you could hear that. It was a bad... 
bad line. All right. So anyway, this thing is pretty light. It's pretty small. It says it films in 4K Ultra HD. Uh, the model is the EK7000. Zero the EK seven thousand. Uh, it's uh, it's not waterproof, but it does come in a waterproof case, just like a, a GoPro. Uh, and it's got very few buttons. There's one, two on the side, one on the top, and one in the front. And then there's two little ports on the side. I'm guessing they are for um, the vid- uh, not the video the. Uh, what are these for? Yeah, these video transfer, but I mean, it's so weird. They're just, they must be for different markets. People must use like different types of uh, mini USBs because there's no, there's, this is the bummer. Um, there's no, it doesn't come with an SD card. Uh, the basic pack does come with a uh, couple batteries and a little recharging port. So that was kind of cool, like a little, uh, you know, slot that the batteries charge in. The uh, box that everything comes in is super, super, super uh, actually nice looking, really nice looking, super, super, super uh, nice looking. That's not a way to describe anything. It's very, very nice looking, very professional Ultra HD 4K edition on the front. Uh, Somebody online, some geezer that's obviously a gear junkie, uh, reviewed this and said that it doesn't actually film in 4K uh, 4K is some sort of specification, and this film's apparently like 4K. It feels films like uh, and and photographs in like certain res- a resolution or something like that. That's like close to 4K, or the way it takes it, it mimics 4K. I don't know what his explanation was, but um, it came with a lot of stuff. Let me read you the outside of the box first. Tell you what their specs sort of stuff that they are uh, trying to pump up here. Um, the definition is 4K. So maybe it's 4K definition, but it's not actually 4K resolution, if that makes sense. Um, it's a really high resolution that's almost 4K definition or something like that. Uh, it's got an inter, inter, integrated and integrated. There's no R between the E and the G and in, integrated. <laughs> it's got an integrated wireless network, which is really cool. It lets you connect uh, wirelessly to the camera. There's an app, and the same app works for a couple different brands of cameras, which what the guy, the same guy that reviewed this online, was saying that this is just a knockoff or like a rebadging of another um uh, camera probably by the parent company that's making this. This is a Chinese camera. That's how you get a, the action cam for 60 bucks, right? So it's just a Chinese. I was kind of worried about it because it looks so simple. But if you look at a GoPro, there's not a whole lot of stuff to a GoPro either. So the the back lens or, uh, you know, the back screen where you look at the camera has some scuffs and scratches on it right now. And I haven't been banging it around. I've been really gentle with it. I've only taken it out a handful of times. But just wiping it off and setting it uh, down on a desk with some dust on it has scratched it. So it's not like made of Gorilla Glass like your smartphones are. Um, and, and so that is something to look out for. Uh, there's not a whole bunch of places for this thing to get dirt into, just the charging port, really. The lens looks really good. And it comes on the box in this little uh, poly uh, acrylic case that looks really cool. I mean, it looks legit, and, it, and it's already set up on one of the mounts that uh, – you. 
how do these? Well, it's like the one of the universal mounts, um, and the box has uh, like a little clip built into the top of it, so it's kind of cool. And this thing's sitting up there in the waterproof housing, so you can see how it's going to look. You can kind of get the dimensions for it just uh, visually. It says it's a super wide angle lens with 170 degrees, and I can verify that it does take a very wide angle shot. And I'm guessing that if you want to edit stuff down, you're going to have to crop it somehow in your in your video editing and your your picture editing because it will take pictures as well. Um, it says it's got a two uh, 4G two and 4G remote control included, so I don't know what that means. Um, but it does work up to like, I think the remote works up to 30 feet away, something like that. Uh, so you can walk away, snap some pictures of yourself, or if you're riding toward the camera, um, click it and, uh, it'll, you know, just gotta be within 30 feet for you for it to start recording. If you're trying to get, uh, a non edit cut, you know, otherwise you would just like turn it on, ride down the street, ride back come over, turn it off, and just edit everything out except for like the two and a half seconds that you want in the, in the frame. The display is a two-inch LCD. Uh, the storage is micro SDHC card, which is not included. And I got one, uh, I think I picked one up at um, Target or Walmart or something like that. I guess it was Target for like uh, maybe like 13 bucks, something like that. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It says mounts and accessories included. And the input and output is a micro USB slash HDMI. Maybe that's what that other port is. Maybe that other port is a, a micro HDMI port. And I, I haven't hooked it up yet. So that makes sense. And uh, definition is 4K. The video is 4K at 25 feet per second, 2.7K at 30 feet per second, and 1080p at 60 feet per second. Or I'm sorry, not feet per second. <laughs> I'm thinking of speed frames per second. Uh, the FPS is frames. So yeah, the higher, faster frames per second you go, I guess the lower the resolution. Uh, photos, 12M, 8M, 5M, 4M at JPEG. So I'm not sure if those are uh, sizes or millimeters or what the hell that is. Megabytes, I have no friggin' idea. Megapixel, that's probably what that is, is megapixel. Um, the battery, it's got a... Uh, 1,050 milliamp hour battery times two. The batteries have lasted me about an hour and then some, depending on, well, yeah, no, no, just uh, just about an hour, a little bit over an hour for each. Um, I wasn't filming the entire time, so I don't know if you're rolling, rolling film, if it uh, burns it up faster. But one thing I do have to say is this thing gets really hot. So... Whatever the battery's doing, it's doing a lot of it. <laughs> so just uh, keep that in mind. I don't know if GoPros get hot. I mean, you got a little battery in there working its uh, tail off trying to keep video going on this little camera. So, I mean, everything's compact. There's not, like, anywhere to vent. There's obviously not a fan. Uh, so I, I'm assuming that maybe GoPros get hot, too. Hell, my phone gets hot. My tablet gets hot. A lot of stuff gets hot when I'm using it. Um, the It says waterproof up to 98 feet. And the wireless connection, yes. Multi-language, yes. And I can confirm all of that. It is wireless, multi-language. I've already I hooked it to the app on my phone. Uh, and like I said, the app controls several different camera uh, products from different manufacturers. So I'm guessing that they all kind of buy this chassis and then just put their name on the front. Or this company has other 
brands like Lexus and Toyota or uh, Infinity Nissan, sort of like that. And maybe this is like their bargain brand. I don't know. The one thing that I'm bummed about that it doesn't have is it doesn't have an external microphone. Uh, but I'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. Let me grab my tape measure real quick. And what what it does have is a, it comes standard with a bunch of accessories in the box. Let me let me measure this box. I'll tell you how big the box is. The box is about six and an eighth by three and seven eighths. So it's almost, uh, you know, it's all about six by four inches. And that's full of stuff. That's chock full of stuff because it comes mounted in the waterproof case on top. So there's a bunch of stuff inside. The, of course, the user's manual is about three pages in pictograms. Since it's made in China, um, they didn't want to do a whole bunch of translating. And the camera is very simple. There is one button to turn it on and switch modes, one button to start recording, and then the two buttons on the side takes you through the rest of the menu. So it's really kind of cool and easy. Again, before I go on, this is the Akaso, A-K-A-S-O, E-K-7000, in case you forgot already or missed it when I first started talking about it. Uh, I'm going to measure the camera now. The camera width is two, I'm going to call it two and a quarter inches wide. Uh, the height is one and a half, a tad bit over one and a half. God, we're talking like a couple of 30 seconds over half. Well, actually, hang on. Maybe like a 16th. So, um, yeah, it looks like it might be like nine sixteenths. So one and nine sixteenths tall. Depth is, oh God, the depth is like, 30, 30 seconds. What would that be, like 15 sixteenths or uh, like 31, 30 seconds? I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty close to, it's not quite an inch. So let's just say it's like a 30 second off of an inch. Um, so it's pretty skinny, pretty small. The waterproof case uh, is not very well written in the pictogram of how to use it. So uh, be careful when you're taking it out for the first time. For our metric people, which this should be a lot easier, metric, not to do like 30 seconds of an inch. Uh, yeah, for metric people, this thing is about uh, five, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten. So this thing is about uh, 58 millimeters by uh, wide by digga, 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 digga. It's about 40 millimeters, 39 or 40 millimeters tall and wide. It's about two centimeters. Let me see here. But up, but actually, it's like 21, 22. There we go. I have to line it up perfectly. It's deceptive, actually, because um, I'm not including, I forgot to include the lens. This is just the body. So it's about 25 or 26 millimeters deep. And then the lens is like another eight. So I forgot to do that on my inches measurement. I forgot to do the lens. So the lens is like a quarter inch uh, out off the front of the body. But anyway, so it's pretty small. And like I said, I'm not going to go measure it uh, on my scale to see how light it is. 
because that's just crazy foolish. So what does it come with in the box? It comes with, like I said, a little cheat sheet that's basically just a poorly drawn pictogram. Actually, it's not poorly drawn. It's just poorly explained. Like, what does that mean? I almost ripped the handle off trying to open up the water waterproof case to get it out and put the SD card in. And it's like, oh, I see you flip it up. So it didn't really show you that you flip it up. It comes with a whole bunch of stuff. It comes with a remote that you can strap to stuff. You can strap. I wear it like a bracelet. Uh, so I strap it to my wrist when I'm out there. Uh, and then you can also wrap it around a pole or a handlebar or a selfie stick, I guess, if you have a self, if you have it out there three feet away from you on a selfie stick and you want to start recording, uh, you just wrap the remote around the bottom by where your thumb is going to be holding it. It also comes with a unique lens cleaner that every new pair of glasses comes with. Um, it, like I said, it doesn't come with an SD card, but I bought a SanDisk one. Um, and, it, and it came with a little adapter because it's like a micro SD card. So you, you have to get an adapter to fit into a regular SD card so that you can then plug it into your computer. comes with a little charging port here for the two batteries. It's nice that it comes with two batteries. Like I said, that's at least, for me at least, it's been over, two, uh, that equals two hours of recording. Um, it comes with a replacement back for the waterproof camera. And it's really weird because there's two holes in it. So once you put this back on, it's no longer waterproof. I think it. this is for a band to slide through. Let me feel it. Yeah, I'm not going to take it out and mess with it, but it feels like this is for a band to slide through. So I'm going to guess that this is just a shock. Once you put this backing on it, it's just a shock, uh, like drop the camera and, and it doesn't break. But you can also has two little slits for you to slide a band through it so you can um, put it on your wrist and take it around. It comes with all sorts of mounts and little gadgets. So it's got, uh, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, I have a GoPro plate around here somewhere. I'm pretty sure this mounts exactly like a GoPro. So if you have existing GoPro mounts, most of the stuff should fit right on it. Um, it's got like little, I forget how big these are, like a, a five millimeter um, little thread for like most tripod mounts for cameras and stuff. So when you, your camera has a little, uh, thread in the bottom of it, like your, if you have a DSLR or anything like that, or a video camera, it'll have like a little, uh, thread in the bottom of it. So this has a little pedestal for that. Um, let me see what else is in here. There's all sorts of adapters for it to go, you know, uh, mount one way, but turn sideways. Um, there's a little housing in here that also has these same threaded things. So you can thread it onto a tripod. Um, and this is the basic, this is the non-waterproof housing. It's got a slot back here in the back that kind of looks like it must be for a filter or something to go over. Um, or perhaps this slides onto a, another sort of bracket that comes as an attachment somewhere else. Um, it did come with a clip so that you could uh, slide a clip in and clip it to your pocket or something like that. And the only problem with that, the weight of the camera pulls the pocket forward. So it's best to mount it to something rigid. Um, it came with a handlebar or pole mount, whatever you, you mount it to something round. Um, like I said, tons of adapters for helmets. And uh, if you're mounting it and it's facing forward, but you want it to turn sideways, there's mounts basically adapting that. There's mounts to raise it up over stuff in case you're like mounting it on your car windshield and you want it to stick down lower so that it's not uh, pointing at your, I don't know, the 
um, or pointing up higher to get over the dash or something like that. Like depends on where you're mounting it. It's got a huge clip that doesn't go to. Uh, well, it, this this can clip onto a strap or something like that. This is the one I'm saying I clipped on my pocket. Um, but it's also got two outer edges that don't appear to work with anything. Well, if you get the accessory chest harness, this then slides into that. So you can slide it into an accessory harness if you get that. Um, and then there's all sorts of mounting plates that, and, and some sort of like 3M adhesive sort of thing that you stick to stuff. And I, so far I've stuck one to my helmet. And dude, the adhesive for being, I, I was like, oh, right, cheap Chinese adhesive, right? Well, I think that they probably put buildings together with this stuff because it's pretty incredible. Um, and then that's about it. A couple few base plates um, for mounting to stuff here and there, lots of adhesive. Oh, it comes with some tie straps, um, like uh, zip ties to tether it to stuff. And then it comes with some straps for mounting it. If you want to stick it to a bicycle helmet, you just thread the straps through the, uh, you know, bicycle helmets just have like, uh, like vents or holes kind of in them in the tops. So you thread these through there. What's this? Oh, this is the second half of the tripod base. So this is like the male to the female. If you don't have, um, if you don't have a female, uh, tripod, you know what I'm saying? If you don't, if you don't have a tripod, it gives you both sides. It gives you the male and the female, um, and then what's this? Oh, and then it comes with a metal tether. And that's, I tethered it to my helmet because I had no idea if I trusted this adhesive at first, but I can guarantee that it actually works really fairly well. Um, and so <laughs> I was scared at first and I stuck the metal tether on there, but turns out I didn't really need it. And uh, you can trust it. I don't know about if it gets wet. I did get a little bit wet because it was kind of uh, misty the other night when I went riding. Um, and the video was pretty good. It doesn't pick up a whole lot of stuff at night, like the sensitivity. I don't know how GoPros are at night. Obviously, they don't have lights on them. Whoops. And uh, it's all, you know, depends on the camera as to how well it's going to shoot in relative low light. Um, I did notice that it kind of brightened it up a little bit. I'm guessing that this is just as good as any cell phone camera, uh, from a couple of years ago before they made all these crazy advancements to cell phone cameras. But yeah, it's really kind of cool. It's really light. And then it was, like I said, it was right around 60 bucks even for this thing, uh, off of Amazon. And then what I did is I ordered a, uh, accessory kit. A couple weeks later because I wanted a microphone and I wanted a uh, chest protector or I'm sorry a chest harness and it comes with that well it, it came with the microphone but it turns out the microphone that I got is a standard GoPro mount microphone because the the Acaso version above this by about 20 bucks I think they make a $70 one comes or, or does have a external uh, microphone. And so this thing isn't going to be any good for doing ride videos. I was screaming and talking while I was riding and you can hear it, but what you also hear is the wind, um, hitting the mic on this thing when you're riding. So it did pick my voice up surprisingly well through my helmet. Cause it's sitting out there in front of my helmet. Um, and the camera or the, I think the microphone is, on the side here. Yeah. The microphone's on the side where the buttons are. So I was talking through my helmet, um, and it was going outside and still hitting the camera, uh, mic 
well enough that it could hear what I was saying. It really couldn't hear what I, like at a normal talk level, you couldn't hear me, but I was like, I got kind of crazy and started screaming, like just to see if it could hear me. And I was like, just yelling random stuff to see if it uh, would even pick it up. And it did actually, it surprised me. And I was probably going about 55, um, when it was getting me still. But if you want to ride around and clearly narrate a video, no way. Like, no way. Um, and so the tether thing also kind of sucks because you have to uh, tether it to, like, the little pins that you thread this thing into. It mounts with some really handy... Um, it's like a, a thread. Or, well, it's like a bolt or a screw. Well, it's more like a bolt. Um, and it's got this big plastic thread on it with like a four-way grip. Um, and you have to slide the tethers over that. And uh, because there's no... The camera doesn't actually have a little thing for a lanyard, like a little cutout uh, uh, on the camera. And n neither do anything else. So if you're going to tether it, you you have to slide the tether over the threads of the bolt and basically thread the bolts through the metal tether. Same with the zip tie. Like you have to f find somewhere on the mounts to um, tie it down. Now the camera in the little mount that they give you is pretty... Uh, I didn't trust it. I mean, I guess I, I have no reason not to, but it just seemed like if you hit a bump hard enough, it could jiggle out of the mount. So I've been riding around with it in the waterproof case, even though, because that's enclosed and then tethered to the clip. And then the clip I had tethered to the, um, my helmet. And so, uh, I know that's not coming off. And then that adhesive stuff turns out to be really legit. And so I felt safe with it. Um, I, I think I might tether it still especially on the freeway and especially if it gets hot and you don't know if that stuff's going to let go, you know, or if you're riding around in mud and stuff and you don't know if it's going to get wet and let go, but it's really, really, really sticky. I barely, <clears throat> excuse me, I barely touched it to my helmet, like trying to figure out where I was going to place it. Like I knew where I was going to, but I, I didn't, I was like trying to line it up and I barely touched my helmet <laughs> and it just stuck there. So now that's where it is. Luckily I was close enough uh, with how it was that, uh, you know, I had no choice. I tried to peel it off and it's not happening. So I'm going to have to spray goof off or something to get it off, but who knows how long that's going to last. And if you ride through dust and dirt and all that stuff, if it gets in there and, uh, separates the bond. So we'll figure that out as time goes on and we test it. But for the past few nights, it's been great. And I trust it without the tether. Uh, although if I were riding off road or if I was riding at a hundred and 70 miles an hour, cause I know the guy that asked us, it was Chris Singsheim who asked me about this camera. Uh, I know he's concerned about every gram that goes on his motorcycle and he rides at high speed cause he drag races. So, um, for him, my thing is, is that here is a $60 camera that if it falls off your motorcycle, you don't have to cry about it. it was, it was only what a few tanks of gas, you know what I'm saying? Um, or, or if you, if you're still driving your car to the track or your Dodge that you have, um, I'm, I'm going to assume that it takes 60 bucks to fill up that, that thing. So if you already have a truck that you're, uh, taking your motorcycles out to the track and stuff for, I'm, I'm going to guess that one tank of gas will buy you this cheesy camera. What it doesn't have is stability control. So I've seen some of the new GoPro stuff and in a way the GoPro stuff kind of sucks because the person's leaning over and doing all this crazy, um, turns and the camera makes it look like you're going straight no matter what. There was a guy 
I forget if it was like Colton Haker or or Graham Jarvis or somebody had a GoPro, one of the new GoPros with the with the camera stability on it, and he was riding like the Red Bull straight rhythm is what it looked like. The thing is, is he was turning and jumping and turning, but the camera stays centered, so it almost takes out. You can't tell how sharp the turn was and how cranked over they were because, you know, a lot of times moto riders, when they're railing a berm or something, they'll be like parallel to the ground. You couldn't tell because the footage, it was like on an internal gimbal. So it stayed straight and it flattened everything out. So, which is nice for the viewer because you see all these bumps and jumps and you see them doing it. But the crummy thing is, is that everything stays like in the center of the screen and stays centered. So no matter where they get, um, where they're getting tossed or like how high they're jumping or getting, uh, going over whoops and stuff, you don't see it anymore. You can't tell. It, uh, it looks like they're just riding on flat pavement. So it actually takes some of the action out of action cam. This thing does not do that. You look around and you're you're bumping or your head's getting blown by the wind or you go over a rough section of pavement. It'll show you that. It doesn't it's not as bad as having your phone or a camera mounted directly to your motorcycle, but it's still enough that when I was leaning over, you could tell <clears throat> When I was turning, you could tell. Uh, when I was, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of different things um, that I liked about it that it didn't take that rawness away that some of the new action cams with all their built-in technology are actually taking away. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, the accessory kit, not only did it come with a chest, um, like a chest harness, uh, body harness, which is really cool. Some of the new mounting plates that it came with, uh, like some of them don't have adhesive. The ones that came with the camera, most of them have adhesive already on the back because it's like, hey, you're going to mount this to something, right? The new ones don't have adhesive on the back, so they give you the option of strapping it, and they actually have little curves cut out in the in the bottom. So it's made for mounting on a little bit of a rounded surface where all the plates that came with the camera are flat. I guess it's assuming you're going to mount it on your car or on a surfboard or something like that, like on a flat surface or a flat plane. Um, and so it's nice that the accessory kit came with, um, came with some rounded ones so that you can mount it on a helmet. You can mount it on a bicycle helmet. You could mount it on the front of your bike where the wind, like it's curved a little bit on the front fairing or something like that, or maybe on the top of the, you know, top of your headlight, wherever you're going to do it. Um, that's kind of cool. And it came with a hell of a lot more adapters. It came with one that, raises it up by about two, I'm going to say a good like four, three or four inches. So you, you hiding behind a windscreen or something, you have it mounted like to your somewhere inside the dash and you need it to go up over the instrument cluster or something, boom. Or if you have it mounted on your helmet and you want it to stick out and kind of look back at you a little bit, or if you want to mount it on your bike and have it raise up for whatever reason to look toward you over the stuff instead of shooting through like all the cables and everything, that's nice. It also comes with a water uh, little floaty handle so you can take it surfing or you can take it on a motorcycle ride and then when you get hot you need to pull over and jump in the creek or the river you can uh, take it with you and drop it in the river and it'll float it won't sink down to the bottom so that's a nice feature um, and then all sorts of straps all sorts of um, 
like clips and mounts and one one that got, feels like an alligator clip and you go to another alligator clip and allig- and it's like a clip um like a squeeze clip right like that you pull and it's got teeth so that you can clamp it onto stuff again like a strap maybe on your backpack uh or a pocket or maybe a pocket of your backpack just something where you can clamp it to or even like a I don't know, a clipboard. Maybe you want to walk around and get perspective of yourself um, from your clipboard looking up towards you or something. I don't know. I don't know what you'd use it for, but that thing is hella strong. Like I would, you could clip that and not worry about it flapping around in the wind even and flying off. It's really strong. So it comes with a whole bunch of new clamps, clips, and adapters, uh, a floaty handle, a chest, um, a chest, uh, harness thing it also comes with the tripod tripod that's got bendy arms so that you can wrap it around a pole or wrap it on a uh, surface like maybe a street sign or something and you don't have to waste one of your adhesive mounts you just wrap these little tripod tripod uh, legs around it and then or just stand it on the ground and shoot it like a tripod um that's about all I can think of off the top of my head without opening the bag and looking in there. But I did. I do remember it had something big and red. Let me pause real quick and see what that was. It might have been like a, a, a another carrying case or something like that. Let's see what this is right here. Oh, yeah. So that there we go. I just looked in there again. The red is the adhesive. So I think it's 3M, uh, whatever their crazy bond is. Um, that's the thing it has in there. Not only does it have, I mean, it's not just straps for strapping it to bicycle helmets, although it does have more straps for strapping it to various things, uh, strapping the clips to various things. So that's the thing with the bicycle helmet, um, adapter, the plate has slots in it. So you can, you don't have to stick it to your bicycle helmet, um, or to your, uh, rack or something like that on your motorcycle or on whatever you're mounting it to. If you've got something that has like slots or loops, you can just put a plate on there and slide uh, a Velcro strap through it and tighten it down and then um, hook the camera to that plate now. And so that's what I have on my bicycle helmet. I have just a plate with the Velcro straps on there and it rides on top of my head, but it also comes with a whole bunch of new bigger adhesive plates. I think I told you that, that the, uh, the plates are curved and whatnot, but it also has a head, a headlight, uh, like for hiking and stuff, except for it's a head, you know, a headband that straps, uh, around your head and then the camera clips on the front. So you got a point of view cam. Uh, it's got this big strap that looks like it goes around your arm or something. Uh, it's like a padded strap. And I'm not 100% sure what that's for because it doesn't give you instructions. It's just like, dude, use this how you will. So the big padded strap may be for putting around poles. I don't know, like light poles and stuff or bigger poles if that's what you want to use it for. Or around your arm if you want to use it for running. Um you know, if just uh, not have not have the head piece on because it's uh, flopping around too much or you're sweating or whatever, maybe you can hook it to your arm uh, or your leg. That'd be kind of a cool uh, <laughs> action shot. But also, it's got a suction cup, so you can put it on the window of your car. You don't have to adhere it to your car anywhere. You just slap the suction cup on there, 
and uh, film while you're driving and then take it off or whatever later. And there's another couple big straps. Um, I don't know what they're for. I guess they're just generic straps, whatever you're, whatever you can find to use them for. Um, one thing I should mention is that speaking of using it for your car or for riding, is that you can set it to loop mode. And in that mode, I think it's like one, three, and five-minute loops that you can just have it loop record. And the problem, I mean, the thing is, is like if something happens and you fall or get hit by a car and you're out or you fall down and you're hurt and you're like, oh, shit, it takes you a minute or two to um, recover and you press stop on the recorder, if you've waited longer than five minutes or three minutes or one minute, whatever you have it set at, you can't go back. It just loops like in one minute, three minute or five minute loops. So if you get hit and fall down and immediately have the uh, presence of mind to stand up and hit stop, then it'll get that, uh, in there. But then you, but then you can't start it again to record like the transaction afterwards. Maybe somebody comes over and yells at you or asks if you're okay, or you got a gnarly broken arm and you want to like video it. You can't save the previous five minutes where you, uh, got hit or whatever. So, um, but that is a, that is a thing. If you, if something does happen, you get in an accident and you have the presence of mind or the ability to move and stop it, you can get that loop of what happened. Um, and if, if it's an event that's taking more than five hours or five minutes or one minute or three or three minutes, whatever you have it set at, say like you're slowly falling down a hill or you're getting, you got stuck and there's a train coming down the tracks, uh, and it's two minutes away and you're, you only got it set to loop for one minute. Um, yeah, you won't, get all that stuff. So just keep that in mind. Um, it takes pictures. It takes lots of pictures. I want to say, I can't remember what the number was on the card, but it'll show you on the screen how many you have remaining. It'll show you how much video you have remaining. And the app isn't really that great. You can watch it on your phone to see what the camera's seeing. And there's like only like a one or one second lag. Um, you can save and play videos and rewatch videos as long as you're connected to it. And it connects via Wi-Fi, super simple password. So you can do it anywhere. Um, you can't edit. It's a real simple app. You can't edit. And I tried to download a video and it didn't work. So I had to plug it into my computer and download it. So I don't know what's up with that, but, uh, for 60 bucks, it's not too bad. And, um, I'm sure you guys, it'd suck to lose a GoPro because those things are 300 bucks. They have mics. You can blog and vlog and all that great stuff with them. Um, they have self stabilizing and the image real is probably real 4k and all that great stuff. But they start at like 300 bucks and go up to like, I was looking at one online. It was like a thousand bucks for one of these crazy premium packages with some stuff that came with it. So for $60, literally the price of a tank of gas in a, in a pick and Wiggins is Dodge. Um, you can have a camera and for the price of a tank of gas in like a motorhome, you could buy three of these things <laughs> and, and be good to go and not cry when they fall off or quit working or something like that. So far it's been good though. So, uh, take that as you will. And with that, that is our show. Um, part two will be coming out in a couple days. Please uh, submit a spooky spoke slash Dio de los Motos 
um, creepy or spooky ride story, art, music, whatever you got, we'll take it and play it on the show on November, I believe, 1st is that Friday. Um, and then you can you can record it on your phone and then just hit the little on your memos. Uh, if you have an iPhone, you have like a voice memo app that's built right into the phone. Most other phones you can re- you can record somehow. Uh, if you if you don't have a way to record, um, first of all, if you do have a way to record, right as soon as you're done, just click the little send button and email it to creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you don't have a way to record, give us a call, 740-563-2858, and leave a voice message. That's our Google uh, voice mailbox. So leave us a message there. Um, if you don't feel comfortable using your own voice to get your story across, you can um, just email us the text, and we'll have a drunken uh, miscreant read it. Or if you've got a better idea, maybe join if you're a patron and if you want to join Patreon uh, and become a patron, we have a chat and we've been doing live chats every week for the show. People are still figuring it out, but one week we had three people on. It was amazing. This week I saw Matt from Japan in there, but he didn't he didn't say anything and he was only in there briefly. I also saw Chris guys from so you want to ride a motorcycle podcast and i believe he's also on the throttle podcast um he was in there for a second and we actually got to talk to field producer bri biffer he chatted with us for like a half an hour and that's what we like to do we like to chat a little bit before we start recording and just see what's new with the patrons and uh, if, if you're a patron and you want to tell your story and you don't have a way to record or that you want to get good audio because the audio is pretty good in there uh, join the Patreon uh, Discord chat, and we can record you from there. And uh, that's about it. Uh, stay tuned. Leave us a review and a rating in iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, we are in Pocket Casts, and I saw like three new ones that I can't remember, but they were all involved, like Pocket and Cast. And then I think we're on Podbean and we, we're on TuneIn, but I try to get on iHeart. I don't think we're there yet. I don't know if Spotify and Apple um, propagate to there, but we're at a lot of places. So if you're listening to this, you obviously found us somewhere. Uh, please tell a friend about us or just create another fake account and subscribe for us. We are we're trying to get up there in the numbers and beat the pace, which for some reason... They haven't put a show out since 2016, and they weren't all that motorcycle-related, but they're still at the top of the leaderboard for some reason. All right, everybody, that's our show for this week. Stick around. Part two will be coming out in a couple days, and it's a good one. Jay's got some really funny stories about um, Babes Ride Out, and we'll find out. We, We left off with this episode, or started this episode off with, did she ride somebody on the back of her bike? We'll find out next episode should be dropping in a couple days all right thanks everyone bye